This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday. It's February 25th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Philadelphia police are investigating a hit-and-run crash that left a 27-year-old man dead near Temple University's campus Monday night. Officers on patrol found the victim in the middle of 8th Street near Cecil B. Moore, North Philadelphia, at about 8.30, approximately four blocks from Temple's Welcome Center. Police believe the victim was likely trying to cross the street when he was struck by a driver who was seen on surveillance video traveling the wrong way. The victim died at the scene, police said. Chief Inspector Scott Small said his body was launched about a 150 feet north where he landed on the highway wow. and that's where he was pronounced dead by medics. Yeah, they said it knocked him right out of his shoes. I saw the the pictures of the car and it it, it was really yeah. severely damaged. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the 27-year-old did have a Temple University ID on him at the time of the accident. Police believe the victim lived about a half a mile from where he was hit and was likely trying to get home. A Hyundai with major front-end damage was located several minutes after police found the victim about three blocks from the crash scene at 8th and Burks. Car parts found at the scene appeared to match missing pieces on the vehicle that was left behind. Investigators are working to further verify. Anyone with information is asked to co- contact police by calling 215-686-TIPS. The Dow Jones Industrial Average slumped more than a thousand points Monday in the worst day for the stock market in two years as investors worry that the spread of a viral outbreak that began in China will weaken global economic growth. Traders sought safety in U.S. government bonds, gold, and high divided stocks like utilities and real estate. The yield on the 10-year treasury fell to the lowest level in more than three years. Technology stocks accounted for much of the Broad Street slide, which wiped out all of the Dow's and S&P 500 gains for the year. I was watching a uh, a piece on the news last night and they were showing... uh in uh, Italy, I think it was Milan, they were showing supermarkets with the shelves absolutely barren. Bare. So people are, are it, just for fear of, mm-hmm. of the spread of it, are hoarding food right now in, in anticipation of what might happen. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, more than 79,000 people worldwide have been affected by the new coronavirus. China, where the virus originated, still has the majority of cases and deaths. The rapid spread to other countries is raising anxiety about the threat the outbreak poses to the global economy. South Korea is now on its highest alert for infectious disease after cases there spiked. And then, uh, Steve, in Italy, they reported a sharp rise in cases in a dozen towns in the northern, uh, more industrial part of the country are under quarantine. The nation now has the biggest outbreak in Europe, prompting officials to cancel Venice's famed carnival along with soccer matches and other public gatherings. There is, so this bears a, a similarity to the SARS virus and so they have they have a, a, a cure for that and so they have something that they believe can, that on. will work, that will treat this. So I think it's another month before they're completely sure about it but still that's more than enough time for people to panic. There are more cases of the virus being reported in the Middle East as it spreads to Iran, Iraq, and Kuwait, among others. Fat Tuesday is the day before Ash Wednesday, which marks the beginning of the Christian season of Lent, and that means it's the final day for the Fosnot Donuts at uh, Hagley's Bakery in Tacony. What? The German bakery sells this special treat only two days a year, and it's the two days before Ash Wednesday. You know what? Has I, anybody ever had them here? We ha- yeah, we had them here. Did we have them? Yeah, so there's a place called uh, Jackets near my house. They brought us the Fosnot, and I went last year okay, after so this the show. Isn't, this isn't special to the place in Tacony? No. Okay. Oh, no, okay. this is I special to the day. Got it, got uh, it. Oh, okay. And I was about to panic there. <laughs> I went last year after the show to, to uh, my bakery, and they were all sold out. 
Oh, people have it. So at this at this bakery in Tacony, they opened their doors early at four forty five this morning in anticipation for this day. Uh, and they said the line's been out the door since four forty five. From what I understand, Kathy, it's a it's a specialty of that bakery, but it's not uh, exclusive to that bakery. So they're known for their yeah. variation of it. Yeah, some of the people I was watching on ABC this morning saying like, the, if you want the best of the best, you got to go to this yeah. place. They, in, in they sprinkle extra fuzz. <laughs> so the donut is a butter butter sponge donut made with two parts <laughs> dough. It's hand rolled and hand cut. And they actually put heavy cream in the dough itself, and then Ooh. it's finished off with either powdered sugar or cinnamon. Um, yeah, there's currently a line outside of this bakery in Tacony. Uh, Hagley's, they've been open since 445. People travel to <laughs> Tacony uh, just for the donuts that are made for the two days leading up to Ash Wednesday. And apparently it's become a tradition for many families. Uh, so there were actually families out there in line uh, ready to get these donuts before they sell out. Why, what is it with us as human beings that makes us go... Oh, I want one. I want a donut. Uh, I, I want don't one even now. like donuts. Yeah. And I was watching this this morning. I'm like, I would really I want, want one of those. <laughs> when you hear that people are lining up. Uh, I, as, let me get in line. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a donut place, or a couple really down in, in Ocean City, but one in particular is down in the gardens that I was, you hear that the people line up before dawn to get these donuts. So I was like, well, I have to do that then. <laughs> Especially for food. That's how, you know. That's it's, it's amazing. That's how totalitarian regimes fall into order. Just you know, there's a line. I, 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 Steve, I got. I think I told you guys this is, was a few months ago, uh, and I got in line at the mall at Foot Locker because there was all these people in line, oh, and I yeah. stopped and I was like, "What are you guys in line for?" And they said, <laughs> "No, what are we in line for?" Well, and they were like the SpongeBob sneakers. Well, Jace was so into SpongeBob, so I was like, "Oh, well, I, I'm gonna have I to get, get it. for it." So I got in line. Right, I waited yeah. in line. I'm like, I wonder how much these things are, and I looked it up. And my phone for for my eight year old. It was like two hundred and fifty dollars. I was what? like, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to wait in line anymore. I was like, good luck, guys. And then you told me about the SpongeBob sneakers. I was yeah. like, oh well, then I got to go check these things out. I went to Foot Locker the following day, and they were like, what are you, you doing here a day late? Yeah. They're sold out. They've been sold out since like. Five minutes after they went on sale. It's the biggest scam in the world when some giant, way overpriced item people actually line up for. Then you know. And I didn't even. You got to invest the time. But yeah. I didn't even know what I was getting in line yeah. for. I just yeah. got in line. It's the herd mentality. Yeah. I, I know I have it. I'm thinking about this damn donut now. I, seriously. All right. Let's do sports this morning. <laughs> The Sixers beat the Atlanta Hawks last night in South Philly. Joel Embiid had a career-high 49 points and also grabbed 14 rebounds as the Sixers cruised to a 129-112 win. Missing all-star Ben Simmons for the second time in three games because of a back injury. The Sixers also got 15 points from Furkan Korkmaz in a reverse roll. Up next up next for the Sixers is a game in Cleveland against the Cavaliers tomorrow night. And tip-off is at 7 o'clock. That's a reserve roll, not a reverse roll. Oh, okay. Roll. Yeah, reserve. Right, got it. <laughs> is it like that donut, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> the Flyers, who have won three games in a row, are back on home ice with the game against the San Jose Sharks. With 35 wins and 77 points on the season, the Flyers are only three points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins for second place in the Metro Division. It's also Preston and Steve's sorority night. So Preston and Steve will host our sorority sisters at the game tonight. The puck is scheduled to drop at 7 o'clock. And at spring training, the Phillies scored three runs in the fourth inning and four more in the sixth on their way to an 8-7 win over the Orioles yesterday afternoon in Clearwater. 
Phil's right-hander Vince Velasquez needed only 26 pitches to get through two innings and pitched well in his spring debut. Velasquez is competing for a spot in the Phil's rotation this season. Today, the team travels to face the Pirates. Ranger Suarez will get the start, and that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. We got a full docket today. We are indeed going to have a good time. Yes, we have the last of our sorority party tickets at the Flyers game tonight to give away, so listen for your chance to win a handful of those. Speaking of, we'll have our good friend J.J. Jim Jackson on the show. We haven't talked to Jim in a little no. while. Uh, the, the, I think the camp out was the last time, right? And we are going to do a watch and win with J.J. tonight uh, during the game. That means we'll talk to him on the air. We're going to give him a special phrase <laughs> that he has to say during the game if you watch it and hear it, note the time, and then tomorrow we'll have your chance to win uh, some tickets. And I, that's what we're going to give away, Nick. I assume yeah. tickets to another Flyers game. Correct. Yeah, this season. All yeah. right. So you will want to uh, to watch the game tonight and listen for the special phrase. We'll reveal that information later on with Jim, and that's going to be in the eight o'clock hour. So we'll uh, chat with him. Uh, we also are excited to welcome uh, actress Anya Taylor Joy. You may have seen her in the movie Split. She's the main character in the film. Yeah. She's, she plays opposite James McAvoy in that. She comes back in glass. And she is also in the new film called Emma. We will have the director of that film, Autumn DeWild, here as well to be in theaters March 6th. I love her. Yeah, uh, she's, she's great. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, so they will be in uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. Also, we're going to speak to NBC10 News anchor <laughs> Jim Rosenfeld, field, I'm sorry, and he... Is got a feature about Kathy's dad <laughs> and the whole DNA secrets revealed. Yeah, and we're not talking about Janis Joplin. Though. No, no, this, that's no, a whole other that's a segment. Story. That's, well, that, that's, uh, that's star efforts. <laughs> yeah, he's doing later that's a Dateline special. Yeah. That one. Have you guys ever met Jim? No, I don't think so. He's a great guy, such okay. a nice guy. Yeah, he's going to come in the studio. Is yep. it your grandfather as well that's uh, featured in this? I mean, obviously he's not. With no, us so anymore, it's but... my, it's my dad and then uh, his newfound brother. Yep. Okay, okay. Yep. So Kathy's brother uh, or Kathy's uncle, uncle. I should yeah. say, a uh, newfound uncle. Uh, and you know what? Speaking of Kathy, we're going to stick with this because uh, she's got a family <laughs> member coming in who has a restaurant. It is, I, I love the name of this place, <laughs> and I can't wait to try the food. They are called Meatball U. <laughs> Meatball U, ladies and gentlemen, will be here this morning. Yes, Cousin Dan opened this restaurant on, uh, or right outside of Westchester University's campus. Uh, so, yeah, they're on, uh, they're on High Street, which is a wonderful spot to be in Westchester. And uh, they're going to bring all kinds of food, and uh, we'll we'll do some uh, giveaways in conjunction with it. we got to come up with a song. Three cheers for Meatball U. Uh, but they're going to bring meatball by all kinds of food. And meatball you. I love it. Uh, so listen for your chance to win from those guys. And we have Tattoos Day taking place, too. Awesome. So your chance to get a uh, Preston and Steve tattoo from world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. Text word tattoo to 39333. You might end up tattooed by the area's top tattoo artists like Don Juan. You can see his work on Instagram at Don Juan Tattoos or PhiladelphiaEddiesTattoo.com. Get on that now. Text in, and let's see if you can win. You know what? What the hell? I'm going to give away a pair of tickets. Oh, Flyers. Flyers game tonight. Ladies only. 215-263-WMMR. Caller number 10. You and a female guest will be able to join uh, me and Steve and Nick, who will be hosting you. And we cannot wait for the event tonight in the assembly room, a new location, new this season anyway. Uh, doors open at 530. Game is at 7 o'clock. 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. Call number 10. You get it. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. got a lot of stuff to run by you in the world of celebs. A stupid question with some more giveaways. We'll be back in a moment.
Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Before I do a stupid question, a random text that came in. It says, morning, bitches, streaming you from India this Whoa. morning. Have a great day. Steve from the Lehigh Valley. So awesome. That's the opposite side of the world almost, right? Hey, yeah, what time would it be? 6.30 at night? I yeah, guess. it's got to be like that. Yeah, afternoon for him. So cool, man. Thanks for checking in. We appreciate that. Uh, stupid question this morning. Pair of tickets to see the band Dinosaur Pilot. They're going to be playing the Foundry on April 21st. Question that I have for you, continuing with Black History Month questions. The first successful open-heart surgery was performed by what African-American doctor in 1893? Whoa, amazing. Know, it was that long ago. I actually saw a uh, a, a story on this. They did, um, wow. I guess it must have been a special for Black History Month. It's an amazing story. 1893. Okay, the first successful open-heart surgery was performed by what African-American doctor? Give us the name, 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. Let's see if you can get the answer. I'll go through some birthdays today. It is Tuesday. February 25th, and celebrating birthday today is Rashida Jones. Huh, love I, her. I do, too. She's adorable, uh, and uh, she's 44 years old today. Funny show. She's on Angie Tribeca. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it, it's basically like uh, uh, the Naked Gun Police mm-hmm. Squad, same sort of a vibe, but very funny. She's also in I Love You, Man. She is. Oh, she's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And which has a connection to my band Rush, of course. And uh, so, yeah, Office, Parks and Recreation. Daughter of Quincy Jones and Peggy Lipton. She is uh, 44 today. Chelsea Handler. Yes. Chelsea Lately fame. What's she up to? She had a, the series on Netflix. She's know. touring. She's going to be at the Borgata next month. Um, we had her on yeah. a while ago, didn't we? We did. On the phone, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, you know, she's doing these Netflix shows and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, she, uh, I was, just saw the billboard yesterday when I was going to the Sixers game. She'll be at the Borgata, I think, on the 14th. So, All right. I, well, she's uh, 45 today. Then you have uh, Sean Astin. He's been here a couple of times. He's great. Samwise Gamgee. Uh, <laughs> See, you go Samwise, I go Rudy. That's well, the, yeah. And then... They're the same is, character, Well, basically. I, I don't know why I go Rudy even more so than... Um, Goonies? What's that? Yeah, than Goonies. Well, who was he in the Goonies? Ever All right, got? let's... Uh, oh my gosh. Well, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, his like, brother's Mikey. name is Bran. Mikey. Mikey. This has forced you to look within yourself, hasn't it? But let yeah. us not overlook Toy Soldiers. Yeah. Toy Soldiers. You know. Yeah. I loved that movie. <laughs> I too. loved it. I loved it. It's it's you know it's cheesy, but it's great. I I agree with you a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. It's not a an Oscar winning movie, but it nope. doesn't matter. It's fun. Uh, you know, he was awesome on Stranger Things. Uh, yes! Oh, my God, yes. You know? I know. He was, he was great. You, yeah. you're, you're waiting for him to have some kind of... Of a of a checkered you know uh, no, storyline, just a good guy. So he was guy. a great guy, and uh, you know we now know that characters can come back to life on mm-hmm. that. However, I don't think the way he died yeah. is going to lend itself to it. He's forty nine today, Sean Asson. Uh, Tay Leone, 
yeah. is uh, 54 years old today. I always kind of had a thing for her. Was her most recent as Madam Secretary or Madam President? What is she now? Or just Madam of a whorehouse? <laughs> Madam Secretary. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. Deep Impact, Bad Boys. I was just watching uh, A League of Their Own the other day, and she doesn't have one line in the movie, but she's uh, she plays for the opposing team for the... The Peaches? Uh, no, the... Racing uh, Bells. The Bells. Bells. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Oysters. Pops I'll tell up you this. A few times. Deep Impact gets me every time, and it's on virtually every other week. Yeah. But her, her particular storyline with reuniting with her father yeah. and is she and, awesome. She and David Duchovny are still together, I believe. No. no they okay. split. Yeah, okay. he had a sex addic- addiction. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. I thought... And then they split. Okay. Uh, she's 54, by the way. Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Oh, my God. Former talk show host with the red glasses. I remember that was one of the first times I saw a plastic surgery on someone where it's like, Wow, that's much worse. Yeah. <laughs> what? What did you? Why do? did you do that? Uh, she's eighty-five. Uh, actress Karen Grassle. She played Mrs. Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I. She always annoyed me. Did she? She was. I like Michael Landon was the cool dad mm-hmm. or the fun dad. Yeah. And she was always. I don't know. Kind of a kind of a ball buster. Uh, she's seventy-eight today. Nancy O'Dell of Access Hollywood. She, we we've always loved her. Um, she for the longest time appeared to be avoiding the Botox uh, collagen route. She got that it. is ended. <laughs> oh really? She yes. Got it. She oh, looks like it. you've ordered a Nancy O'Dell doll. Yeah, yeah. it's too bad. She's such a natural beauty too. But yeah, it's Hollywood, man. And you know, and to us, us it seems so alien. But I I guarantee, you, and we we had that revelation when we were out there a few years ago, Preston. Yeah. Everyone needs to look like that, or they're chased out of the village with torches. Exactly. But She's... I've heard that with. I mean, we've talked about you know plastic surgery itself, but like with Botox, like someone was like, "Oh, you haven't gotten it yet. Don't. You're going to get addicted." to it like it's yeah and then you just start to not care what people think right because you think it looks good yeah and you can't say no more because your mouth won't work i had no <laughs> I mean, well, oh i was just watching um dirty john who's the the uh woman in that show did anybody watch dirty that? John? Dirty john nick dirty i think john. she was also in maybe she was the wife in bloodline okay hmm I think. Anyway, Dirty John? is that on dogfart.com? <laughs> anyway, she <laughs> she's so pretty. She's a little bit older. Okay. You can tell she's had Botox because there's not like too many wrinkles, but her face still moves. Oh, like con- there was okay. still expression. Connie Britton? Yeah. Let me see. Uh, I don't think she was on Bloodline, but Connie yes, Britton? Yes, yeah, okay. Yes, yes. I like Connie Britton. Yeah. And she's had too much work done, Kath? No, 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 no. What I was saying is her work is is pretty good. Like, oh, okay. You can tell she's had work done, but her face still moves. You can still see expression, and like her forehead yeah. moves just a little bit. I wonder if out there, Kathy, it's like when you, you know, who, the contractor who did your roof. Can you give me that number? Like, <laughs> who did your Botox? Well, oh, I have a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I told you that that um, doctor that I met on the main line who now listens to the show loves us, Dr. Clater. Yeah. I, when I first met him, I said, is your wife here? He goes, yeah. I go, let me see what her face looks like. Yeah. And, and I looked at her and I was like, oh, I'm like, all right. Didn't you That's say why I went into his office. He's the only doctor whose office you'll run out of? Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, Nancy O'Dell, by the way, is 54. And then the last birthday, it's Carrot Top's birthday. Oh, my God. Speaking, speaking of, of plastic surgery. Speaking of surgery oh done yeah. on your face. Wow. <laughs> there is a great roast Woo. for Greg Giraldo gets up and goes, Carrot Top, what the F happened to you? <laughs> uh-huh. He was uh, super jacked for a while, but that's gone away. Has it gone away? It's, it's, it's muted. Toned I down. haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Uh, I used to love his act. And I know that prop comics are, you know, the sort of like the bottom of you the... You know uh, what? He's a funny guy. He legitimately yeah. is a funny guy. He Now, let me ask you this, Preston. Look at the picture. Does he use eyeliner? 
That's tattooed on. Oh yeah, he's got dude. yeah, he's got so much going on here. Wow, definitely like okay. tattooed makeup and yeah, yeah, every plastic <laughs> surgery that you can have. He is, right. uh, he's fifty five today, so happy birthday! Everybody celebrating birthdays today. All right, so we're gonna go to the phones for the stupid question. Uh, the first successful open heart surgery was performed by what African American doctor in eighteen ninety three two one five two six three WMMR the number and I am going to go to Chris for the answer. Good morning, Chris. How you doing? I'm um, good morning. How are you guys? Wonderful, Chris. Uh, who was the doctor that performed the first uh, open heart surgery? Doctor Daniel Hale Williams. That is correct, sir. Hang on. We'll get your information, Chris. And congratulations on a wonderful sounding telephone too. A clear phone line. All right, we're going to give you a pair of tickets to see Dinosaur Pile Up. They're playing the Foundry April 21st. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. Let us get into the entertainment story now. Uh, We should have some audio clips to play because the um, family, friends, and thousands of fans gathered uh, at the Staples Center for the memorial service of Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna Bryant, uh, who, of course, both died in a helicopter crash with seven others last month. Uh, Beyonce kicked off the memorial with a performance of two of Kobe's favorite songs, XO and Halo. Uh, The memorial, which was hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, also featured tributes from Alicia Keys and Christina Aguilera. Friends like Shaquille O'Neal and Michael Jordan paid tribute to the fallen icon, and Kobe's wife, Vanessa, brought everyone to tears with her touching words about her soulmate and loving daughter. So let's play... A few of the clips. What do we have first here? If you want to lead with Vanessa talking about... Uh, you know what, Preston, I, I, I was started watching a bit of it, and, and I, I knew it would be touching, but I was like, oh, my God. It was just it was just so emotional. And yeah. so I, I thought really amazing and wonderful, and people... I'm, I'm not, you know, a mega sports guy, and I, I know that's not part and parcel or critical to appreciating what happened and the tragedy of what happened. But to see a lot of, of, of these legendary sports players get up, uh, basketball players get up, and and uh, and just be devastated and move mm-hmm. to tears, it was just, it couldn't help but affect you. She was incredibly um, strong, and so what she said uh, was extra uh, heart-wrenching. So we have a clip of her. Everyone naturally gravitated towards them. They were funny, happy, silly, and they loved life. They were so full of joy and adventure. God knew they couldn't be on this earth without each other. He had to bring them home to heaven together. Babe, you take care of our Gigi. And I got Nani, Bibi, and Coco. We're still the best team. We love and miss you, Boo Boo and Gigi. May you both rest in peace and have fun in heaven until we meet again one day. So obviously, she tough for her to do. Yeah, told a story about her daughter would um, always kiss her uh, good morning and kiss her good night. Oh, that was awful. And um, even if she was sleeping, right? So when she was going, when she was sick or pregnant or whatever, um, you know, there was she relayed a story where she she talked to her and she said, "I didn't didn't get my kiss this morning." She said, "Yes, I did kiss you while you were asleep." Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's uh, you know makes me start to well up. Because that's you know those are the things you just carry with you. Oh yeah, you know those those little quiet moments of life are the most important, and, oh, and you really God, felt it sure. through her. Yeah. But uh, then players, Michael Jordan got up, and there the, the whole thing was not bereft of levity, and uh, he had a a funny moment. All right, I took great pride as I got to know Kobe Bryant 
and he was just trying to be a better person. Now he's got me. I'll have to look at another crime meme for the next. <laughs> I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. <laughs> that is what Kobe Bryant does to me. I'm pretty sure Vanessa and his friends all can say the same thing. He knows how to get to you in a way that affects you personally, even though if he's being a pain in the ass. Oh, <laughs> nice. And uh, Shaquille O'Neal had two good moments. Um, you know, he talks about uh, his promise to uh, Kobe to help, you know, look after and raise his kids. I guess it's sort of a pact they made. Just know that we got your back, little brother. I'll look after things down here. I'll be sure to teach Natalia, Bianca, and Baby Capri all your moves. And I promise I will not teach them my free throw techniques. <laughs> I take comfort in the fact that as we speak, Kobe and Gigi are holding hands, walking to the nearest basketball court. Kobe will show her some new mama moves today, and Gigi soon matches them. All right, and then he recounts a story. His story about the uh, the team members where it, they felt that Kobe was not passing the ball to them enough, so he said, okay, I'll go I'll go talk to Kobe. All right. The guys were complaining. I said, Shaq, Kobe's not passing the ball. I said, I'll talk to him. I said, Kobe, there's no I in team. And Kobe said, I know, but there's an M.E. in that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> an M.E. And everyone lost it. Wow, wow. Um, other celebrities like uh, Dwayne Wade, Gabriel Union, uh, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Rick Fox, Magic Johnson, Leslie, uh, Lisa Leslie, and Snoop Dogg attended the ceremony. Uh, and Kobe's uh, pri- uh, parents, uh, Joe and Pam, and his sisters were also present there as well. You know, really, also the of of his daughter, and and you know the missed moments as Vanessa was going on about any parent. And and one thing they did, and Jimmy Kimmel was clear to start off the whole thing by. Listing all the people who died on the helicopter, I you know the focus is obviously on Kobe and his daughter, but um, these other lives that were lost as well, and, and gave them their justice and and, and their mention. So it was, it was honestly, um, it was I thought incredibly well run and, and done. By the way, Vanessa has taken action against the company involved in the fatal helicopter crash. Uh, she has a filed a wrongful death suit against the Island Express Helicopters and Island Express Holding Corp. That uh, she also filed suit against uh, the pilot uh, Ara Zaboyan, uh, who also perished in the crash. In the suit, uh, she claimed that the pilot was careless and negligent by flying in foggy conditions. Are and those heli- should have aborted the flights. Are those helicopters still grounded? Because they grounded all of their helicopters Good question. afterwards. I don't well, know if they no, still no. are or not. There were issues, Kathy, about not them not having flight recorders. Um, there, were, there were some issues. Now, these were considered, though, they were actually considered very safe helicopters. And this was actually Kobe Bryant's pilot of choice. We learned that this is the guy he wanted to fly with every time. Uh, they're calling out Island Express for not purchasing and equipping, uh, equipping the copters with the terrain avoidance warning system. Uh, so that's a safety measure that the uh, NTSB has recommended, but uh, the FAA has not adopted. So uh, that suit will move forward. Okay, speaking of uh, suits, legal issues, uh, Harvey Weinstein has been found guilty of rape in the third degree and criminal sexual act in the First, he faces up to 25 years in prison. Uh, the 67-year-old was found guilty of forcibly performing oral sex on Project One Way, Runway predict, uh, production assistant uh, Miriam Mimi Haley and the rape in third degree of Jessica Mann. Still, the verdict wasn't a total victory for prosecutors. Weinstein was acquitted on the two more serious criminal charges, 
by the seven-man, five-woman jury. Which could have gotten him life. The top charge of predatory sexual assault carried a life sentence, and Weinstein was acquitted. All right, so 25 years will equal how many? So 25 years, depending on what the deal is. That's the max. He won't get that. However, remember this. This one's done, but mm-hmm. now it's off to L.A. Oh, okay. To face a whole other series of um, uh, legal issues and, and allegations. So that there's that, and then there's overseas as well, depending on how that gets worked out. But uh, he has a long road. Now, I don't know... One thing's for certain, he's going to be in prison for a while. And you saw, I'm sure you have the story, Preston, of the, the trip over to Rikers and how that didn't get completed yesterday. No, what's that? He, uh, they were taking well, him. went to the hospital, I know that. Right, yeah. so that was supposed to be, uh, he started complaining of chest pains and then they brought him to the hospital. Uh, did, did you see him coming out of the court, Preston? Did you notice something when he came out of the court with the handcuffs on? No. Did he not he was walking, the- no he problem! <laughs> in fact, the meme started immediately for sale. One walker, hardly used. (laughs) Hardly used. Manhattan assistant DA Joan uh, Lucy Orban and her co-counsel Megan Host argued that Weinstein used his powerful position to take advantage of vulnerable women who wanted to advance their careers only to be sexually attacked. In the closing statement, uh, Orban said, when you're the only one and he's a giant, not only in his own industry, but he's someone who gets... Presidents on the phone, and he's talking to A-listers and people you will never meet in your life. You're really freaking hesitant to report. Defense lawyers Donna Rotuno and Damon Chironas argued that accusers had consensual sex that they later regretted and relabeled as rape. They repeatedly raised doubts about the uh, the accusers' motivations in coming forward, and they also claimed that Weinstein had been railroaded in a Me Too movement that had gone off the rails. Uh, so he was handcuffed and take, uh, taken into custody. He'll be sentenced on uh, March 11th. Next up faces four more criminal uh, sex charges in Los Angeles. I mean, he's going to do hard time in a, in a real prison. This isn't like a country club, right? That, but l- uh, my guess is that Rikers is, is a whole. If they put him into Rikers, it's going to be a holding situation, and then they'll put him in another prison. But okay. I don't, he, he's still got to go through a couple of other yeah. uh, cases. But uh Regardless, he has the means to basically buy himself protection in there, right? I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine, you know, uh, but uh, he would not be the first to do it. Well, if he ends up uh, in our area, he's got a friend in Bill Cosby. Bill lent his support to Harvey, asking, where do you- wealthy and famous men find fairness before blasting the Me Too movement as racist? Wait, ho- yeah. Cosby did this? Cosby? From jail? Cosby comes out and makes a statement in support of Weinstein to help bolster his case. Oh, God. What's wrong with these people? Wait, how do you make a statement from jail? He instructed his spokesman to issue a public statement. So I guess he could call him. Uh, Weinstein's conviction, he he called it a very sad day. So Cosby's spokesman, Andrew Wyatt, posted a statement to Instagram arguing there was no way Mr. Weinstein was going to receive a fair and impartial trial. Wyatt said (sighs) Cosby was outraged over Weinstein's conviction and called him repeatedly about it on Monday. I need to represent uh, Wyatt. Wyatt, keep your mouth shut. When Cosby calls, you don't do that. Uh, The Post continued, this is not shocking because these jurors were not sequestered, which gave them access to media coverage and the sentiments of public opinion. There is no way you would have anyone believe that Mr. Weinstein was going to receive a fair and impartial trial. Also, this judge showed that he wanted a conviction by sending the jurors back to deliberate after they were hung on many of the counts. No, that's what judges do. They say mm-hmm. they want you to come up with a decision. They want to defend. They encourage yeah, yeah, you yeah. to go back in. It's Try pretty, it again. It wasn't that they were... T- <laughs> it's pretty standard. But you know, Cosby has a keen legal sense. 
Yeah. Cosby added, here's the question that should haunt all Americans. When am I getting out of here? Especially, he said, wealthy and famous men. Where do we go in this country to find fairness and impartiality in the judicial system? And where do we go in this country to find due process? He ended his statement of support for Weinstein by blasting the Me Too movement as racist. Mm-hmm. Cosby added, lastly, if the movement isn't just about Becky, meaning white women, right? Uh, he said, I would challenge and ask them to go back 400 plus years and tarnish the names of those oppressors that raped slaves. This is a very sad day in the American judicial system. If if I was Cosby wow. and I was looking to do anything in, in any way to mitigate or or go for anything in my favor, I would stop jumping to the support of Harvey Weinstein. It's not going to bode well for him. Yeah. He's not, though. He's just, he, you know, he's 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 going to beat the drum at, I didn't do anything, you know. And it's, it's listen, uh, this... This court process went through to a verdict, and now it's and that's that is what the court found. He's there. They did the same thing with him. He went through. In fact, it was a couple of times, right, uh, where he he was. Uh, this this case was reviewed. That's where he is. How old is Cosby? He's eighty five, I believe. No, eighty two. I'm sorry. And then pipe down. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just let their words speak for themselves. Yeah. You, yeah. Don't, you don't even really need to respond. Mm-hmm. All right, on to other things. Uh, Pete Davidson, in an interview, said that his breakup with Kaya Gerber put him in a tailspin, uh, but that it was for the best. Of course it was. He said, she's very young, and I'm effing going through a lot, and it was before I went to rehab. Uh, He said, it just wasn't the right place or the right time at all. He also admitted that when he goes for it, he goes for it. Yeah, clearly. He said, I love love. That's how I grew up. Love, love. Just my mom, my sister. I didn't have a man around the house. So I was just like, when am I going to find my Princess Charming? And that's all I've ever wanted. Oh, love. Mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah. I don't think he's been on SNL this calendar year. Uh, I, he, has he has, he? yeah. He's popped up. Okay. Yeah. But uh, he, uh, you know that people say that Lorne Michaels has a huge soft spot for him. And yeah. that's why... He'll he'll be on the show as long as he wants to be. Yeah, he was featured in the RuPaul. Uh, was he? Okay, episode. I yeah, that episode. they dressed him in drag and gotcha. Uh, yeah, I've seen him in a little bit. Uh, so he loves love. He was giving an interview though, Preston. I forget what show he was on, but he's he's saying that they kind of treat him like an idiot around SNL, and uh, he he feels like the uh, you know the uh, odd kid out. But it's also sort of a creature of his own making too, yeah. because he's done a lot of stuff that's. You know, the, I don't like him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't like him. Well, you remember you the know. whole thing with with uh, with Vinnie Brand, you know, yeah. and how he treated yep. Vinnie Brand. That's not cool. Uh, Vinnie's pretty straight shooter. Yeah, we, we know him pretty well. So I, I, I take Vinnie's word. I don't like him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do we got here? Wendy Williams says she's still single, despite rumors that she's dating jeweler to the stars William Selby. Oh, I love him. Uh, during, I guess she has a segment called Hot Topics. Hot Topics. It's what leads off the show, Preston. Oh, really? And and I guess, does she talk about her... her she dishes. I dish. A lot on a Hot lot. Topics. Yeah, she said... A lot. I had an interesting weekend. It was all innocent to me, but apparently it caused waves everywhere else. You know everyone's interested in me. Oh, my God. <laughs> all I'm doing is being Wendy. And looking fabu. Uh, so I met this young man that I really like. Not in that way. I was uh, setting you up with dramatic effect. 
they've been fueling romantic rumors since they attended the Spotify X Cash Money premiere of New Cash Order together. What? And uh, hung together during uh, Super Bowl and Valentine's Day. So. We had fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. How about this? I, I just I love that we're going back here for a moment. Michael Lowen. Oh my God! And now his ex-wives, Kate Major and and uh, Dinah Lowen, are apparently bunking together. Or Dina, however you say her Dina name. Dina Lowen and Kate Major are now buddies. That's what it says. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, man. bunking together in jail? It doesn't. No. Indicate? No, they're not in not in jail. But think... why would they use the term bunking? Bunk. I don't know. That's a jail term. Yeah. Jail terms. Kathy spent a <laughs> spent a year in the box. Yeah. No, but I did watch Orange Is the New Black. Uh, well, okay, well there you go. No, but they're not. You know what though? It's her house in Merrick in Long Island. So they live together. Yeah, it's not jail. Okay. She has bunks. Yeah, it's a bunk Me- bed. That's crazy. A bunk bed? They, they went to IKEA. They got a bunk bed. Meanwhile, Michael. What kind of animals sleep in bunks? Can we My- make bunk beds? Huh? Uh, just that the Step Brothers. <laughs> Sorry, man. Meanwhile, Michael reportedly emailed page six claiming that Kate had framed him for assaulting her last week to get back for him having her arrested on an alleged what? DUI. Become best friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, they're both really uh, incredible women, and yeah. uh, we can all take a lesson from their lives. Well, they dealt with him. So. And they beat him up, and uh, I don't know what he's done, but I know he likes mesh shirts. Yeah. Uh, Kate <laughs> denies uh, the allegations. Remember when he was here? He yes. was in. Is that when he had the mesh shirt on? I did he have a mesh shirt? I here? I no, I think no. We, we've seen oh. pictures yeah. of him with a mesh shirt on, and it lives on. And who did he come in with? Her. I, I, I don't even remember. Was no, it no, Kate no. Major? Did no, he? It wasn't Kate Major. It was another one of those like young uh, girlfriends that you, he had. If you think of the steady parade of these pop culture flashes in the pan that yeah. we've had come through, I was thinking the other day about Michelle the bombshell. Yeah, all these people that yeah. end up in the news. Her big thing was she cheated with. Uh, Jesse James on Sandra Bullock. Yeah. She was yeah. the cheat. She was the cheat. Right, okay. She had uh-huh. tattoos all up her neck and on her, she was on her forehead. Her first, but yeah. yeah. Also, I have Michael and Dina's phone number in my That's cool. Phone. There you go. But no Kate Major? Yeah. yeah. No he was Kate nice, Major. though. Was he not? He was, was actually nice. Yeah. He, he was. Yeah. And so was, uh, what's his name? John Gosselin. John Gosselin was super nice. Couldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he could have been nicer. Uh, let's see. How about we'll, we'll aim a little higher on the celebrity? Oh, yeah. uh, the celebrity. You can't help polls. but uh, Little America, an upcoming Sylvester Stallone top line thriller, has sold very well at the Berlin Film Festival's film market. In the movie, I play a character called Little America. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Rowan Athel wrote and directed the futuristic film, which follows the story of a mercenary hired by an Asian billionaire to find his daughter somewhere. Billion. Within a walled city inside Hong Kong, while many Americans fled after the country went bankrupt and turned into a war zone. What I want to see is Stallone in a longer form movie based on his Guardians of the Galaxy character. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And they had a couple of different when they all came together for the funeral. Yeah, they were like they were smugglers or whatever. Right. Are they, yeah. they Ravengers? Ra- yeah, but yeah. there was it was cool. It looked good. Yeah. Uh, production will begin this year on that particular show. And then uh, one last thing, uh, Ben Affleck. You know, we had uh, director uh, Gavin O'Connor in here yesterday to talk about the way back. 
Uh, ben Affleck is opening up about his love life, addiction, and basketballs. He promotes that new film. In a recent interview with the New York Times, he spoke at length about his relationship. Uh, but inevitably, uh, quotes got cut. Uh, reporter Brooks Barnes took to Twitter to share a few of her favorite outtakes. Uh, on uh, past flame Jennifer Lopez, he apparently had said she should have been nominated for an Oscar. She's the real thing. I keep in touch periodically with her and have a lot of respect for her. How awesome is it that she had her biggest hit movie at 50? That's effing baller. It is baller. Isn't that baller? I think we can all agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. That is totally baller. That's two balls. And then another little tidbit, which uh, uh, Gavin O'Connor had mentioned that, uh, you know, obviously the, this character that he plays is battling alcohol addiction and there were parallels between Ben's life and that. But yeah. one thing that O'Connor had to teach him about was basketball. He said that was the hard part, not the other part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's And uh, Affleck concurs. He said the greatest fiction of this movie is that at any time I was a great basketball star in high school. I'm not a great athlete. I never. It's never been my thing. He said, I mean, I can hit the ball a little. Uh, I can play a little bit of baseball, but I've always been interested in acting and that's kind of what I've dedicated my time to, which is interesting because he kind of looks like a jock. You know what I mean? He does. He looks more like a like a like a football player, a baseball yeah, player. Yeah, but he's a big dude. He's not a sports guy. And as Gavin uh, uh, O'Connor mentioned yesterday, they started filming a day after Ben Affleck got out of um, his uh, rehab. Yeah, and that's pretty wild. Dove right into it. Very fresh. So let's get into the clips. You ready? All right, so This Is Us has been tugging on heartstrings viewers since 2016. In this clip, Mandy Moore discusses how the audience either relates to or lives vicariously through the show's characters. When you're lucky enough to be on a show like this that sort of has found an audience like we have, to be able to, you know, have that direct connection to an audience and for them to sort of see themselves in these characters really speaks to the universal appeal of of what the the magic that I guess we've sort of found. What the f- I love the show, but it is very strange to see her play like a grandmother almost. They try to age her. And really? Yeah. It's, they it's, just put like a cheap gray wig on her? N- well, I mean, yeah. for some tapioca. No, like it is the hair, but they try to give her some wrinkles. They obviously put less makeup on her. They put glasses on her, but she still is like so beautiful and her right. skin is so perfect that it, Nick, it doesn't really make sense. How old is she, if you wouldn't mind looking up her age? Uh, and Kathy, why are, uh, are, they, are they looking at her? Down the road a bit? Yeah, or? so her kids okay. are grown, and they have kids, so she has grandkids. Yeah, so she's technically, she's supposed to be a grandmother in uh, parts of the show. She'll be 36 later this year. <laughs> so, so it's, it's flash-forwards and flashbacks, right? And, yes. and, and so okay. one of the main characters is has been, in, in the present, has been dead for a while, correct? Yes, her husband, right, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it's on tonight, 9 o'clock on NBC. Here's the next <laughs> clip. Chef Gordon Ramsay turns around failing restaurants in a single day in 24 hours to hell and back. In this clip, Gordon Ramsay discusses his goal for each episode. Restaurants are run on characters, and it's about that person, that individuality. But for me, it was about getting straight to the heart, the crux of the problem. No smokescreen, uh, no BS, and just give me the negatives. 24 hours, you know, may not seem enough time. But, I mean, that's three days in a normal working life. Anyway. Uh, I remember we, we spoke to him on the phone one time. He was a super nice guy. It's cool. I was I was like, okay, I got to get ready for this this guy to be, you know, the character. No, but no he, was he was good. Really and, friendly. But when he's in his thing, when he yeah. does his thing, and, and also the advice he gives, like if you watch, he was doing um, 
the hotels um, that sort of make over as well. Then he goes in, and what he suggests and what his team suggests, from my point of view, from the casual viewer's point of view, always makes the place markedly better. So, so yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, by the way, Gordon Ramsay's 24 Hours to Hell and Back airs tonight, 8 o'clock. That is on Fox, and there you go. That's what I got for you. Yay! We have a bunch taking place today. We have some guests. Uh, we're going to talk to our buddy JJ, Jim Jackson, because we have uh, the Flyers game tonight, sorority party. We'll do some more giveaways in a little while. Jim's going to have your opportunity to win some tickets to another Flyers game with a phrase that we're going to give to him. He'll mention it during the game tonight. We'll get to details of that in the 8 o'clock hour. All right, so there's a quick programming note. Uh, one of our guests in the 9 o'clock hour is uh, under the weather. So Anya Taylor-Joy will be solo. Autumn DeWild is sick. Okay. So uh, we're just going to have the star of Emma in our studio. All right. We'll take it. I'm and looking did you know forward to meeting her. It was pronounced Anya? No. Yeah, I thought it was Anya, but I was Anya. just correct. Okay, yep. Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, you may know from the film Split and other films, will be here around 9, 10 or so. Uh, we also have uh, Jim Rosenfield, who is from NBC10. The news anchor is doing a special on Kathy's dad finding a <laughs> long-lost unknown brother. Yeah, uh, and that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. So, hey, And you know what I will say? I mean, Jim, Jim will talk about it, but um, it got much more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Really? With you? Yeah. Uh, no, not with me. With um, with uh, this guy, Brian, that my dad found. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, so we'll get that a little bit later on. And uh, also stopping by this morning is Meatball You. <laughs> Meatballs, meatballs. Uh, and we'll do some giveaways with those. Kathy's cousin uh, has the, is the restaurant owner. Yeah, so. and you know what? A lot of people actually in the area, if you've ever uh, gone to the shore and you went to Avalon and went to the Princeton back in the day, you know DJ Dan, and that's who it is. My cousin Dan Shea opened, oh, up, opened up Meatball U in Westchester. Okay. So we'll do some giveaways to that, and I know I'm forgetting something. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll figure it out. Stay with us this morning. We're going to have a good time. Promise you that. Glad you asked. Highly suspect. Ozzy Osbourne. The Who, featuring Ashes to New. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Got a new Daily Rush video that's up and running for your uh, viewing pleasure. It's called the Mel Gibson Guitar. <laughs> and uh, it says you've heard of the singing sword. Now there's a talking guitar. And you can watch it now at PrestonSteve.com. I watched one last night. Uh, it was the Claude instead of uh, oh, Cold. I, I haven't seen that yet. It's very, it's very funny. It's I'm, weird to, you know, because we don't experience the show that way. No. And then to step back and see the video and the reactions, it's, it's uh, you know, what Nick Murphy does is great. I may I may give you a Claude today. I, I, yeah. I've been fumbling words left and right, and it's just, <laughs> it's one of those days, so we'll see. Uh, by the way, the Daily Rush video is sponsored by Punchline, Philly Comedy Club Restaurant and Bar. Also, I want to remind you, we have Tattoos Day today. Chance to win a Preston and Steve tattoo. Text word tattoo to 39333. Might win a $350 gift certificate for world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's tattoo to get your Preston and Steve-themed tattoo. A um, couple of food-related things. This is not connoisseur. No, this is in the news. This um, is hard news. Yeah, hard, hard news? Well, it's okay. our kind of hard news. So, uh, I guess, uh, is today Fat Tuesday? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Ash Wednesday's tomorrow. 
Um, and people are apparently lining up to get these uh, Fosnocks that um, Kathy was talking about earlier. What's the name of that? Uh, the, the place that has uh, Hagley's. Hagley's is in Tacony. And apparently, people were lining up at like four thirty this morning yes, to get them. So there's that, and then there's this, there's this other food related story of just needing to get a specific food and the lengths that you will go to to get it, a la going at 4.30 in the morning and lining up. Right. But these guys uh, in New York State, these students, uh, really wanted Chick-fil-A. Yes, they were jonesing for it. And apparently, his this is a guy named Vincent uh, Petrino. He and his cross-country uh, track and field teammates had a week off from competition. They really wanted Chick-fil-A. Now, the problem was the nearest... Chick-fil-A was about an hour and a half drive away from the school. So that was, you know, they're like, oh, man, that's that's too damn far. But there's a Chick-fil-A in the Albany International Airport, (laughs) which is where they are. So what they did, instead of driving an hour and a half there and an hour and a half back, you know, having somebody make a run and go get it for everybody. Get out. They all chipped in and they bought a ticket, (laughs) an airline ticket. Oh and my God. that way, he it, it, they bought it to Fort Lauderdale. A one-way ticket it was $98, the cheapest ticket they could find. So he went to the airport, goes through security, bought $227 worth of food, and then uh, brought the food back. And he just went, they bought a plane ticket so he could just get into so the... they could get into the airport to get oh Chick-fil-A. My God. That is hilarious. Isn't it great? When you have a craving for something... I can see this being well within sane parameters because you avoided that drive. They did some real thinking. Mm -hmm. They bought in bulk, too. Uh, They bought 15 sandwiches, 15 fries, 13 orders of 12-piece nuggets, a bag of cookies, and a lemonade. (laughs) That's amazing. One lemonade? And, yeah, one lemonade for everybody. Because he couldn't carry more Carrying than that. Carrying all the drinks is really hard, so yeah. The ex- we used to go to, uh, or at least the, the guys that I would hang out with in college, would leave Westchester and drive about 20 minutes to the nearest Taco Bell. Okay. So it was a 40-minute oh ride, you know, there and back just to bring, you know, the fraternity house Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, I thought that, I thought that yeah. was pretty extreme. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is brilliant. <laughs> it's amazing. It cost him $100 to avoid the three-hour, you know, commute. And they had to go through security. Yeah. They had to get to get the whole deal, take their, probably go, right, to, to go into the part where the food court is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why yeah. they yeah. had to get a ticket. To get yeah, a yeah, ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in order to get you can't to just the, go in. Right. Took yeah. the yeah. shoes off, did yeah. the whole thing, yep. body scan. Yep. Kath, we had uh, our, our Taco Bell, with our closest one was in Pottstown, and it was like, it was a big deal when you were going to go there. But we would... Um, they would, like, set it up, at, you know, ahead of time. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so you can't drink tonight because, don't forget, it's your turn to go to Taco Bell. That's nice. crazy. <laughs> it's a pro- Wait, but when you want Taco Bell, yeah. you will do anything. Well, so, I mean, we were far away from the city of Philadelphia. We were 45 minutes away. Ooh, uh, but when you, were, um, when you were going to go to Pat's Gino's or Nick's Roast Beef, you had to basically, you had, it was like a phone tree. You had to call the entire fraternity. All right, listen, okay. we're, we're, we're doing this, taking orders. And, yeah. if, and if somebody went there and you didn't get a phone call, you were, you were like legit pissed off. Didn't I, can, you? I yeah. would be. Did you have uh, pledges make those runs for you? Well, yeah, but so our pledging was only three weeks out of the year. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So our pledges were a semester, and yeah. uh, basically it's having interns for a semester, and you <laughs> yeah. make them. Kind of do what you need, and it, that would include often jonesing for a particular type of food or a particular type of alcohol. Well, you where you were uh, f- fairly <coughs> really remote, remote as well, yeah. right? So was there was they a, a, a sojourn? 
Well, yeah. To get something, what, what was the what was the most drastic? I, I, it probably was some version of a of a fast food joint because I, the town that I was in college was is uh, Lewisburg and it's, it's middle of nowhere. So um, you would get Jones like you couldn't get a good cheesesteak or something like that out that way. Right, right. I uh, Preston, I, I, I think of uh, years ago when we first started the show. You would tell us about this really thin crust pizza <laughs> from uh, emos. Your, your emos from Louis, and yeah. so we. Got on the blower. This is before a lot of this stuff became sort of a trendy thing to do, which is, you know, send whatever food you love around the, the country mm-hmm. and right, around the right. world. And uh, we made arrangements to have it shipped yep. to media, uh, dry ice. Damn expensive, dude. It was super expensive, yeah. uh, but we got them, yeah. and then uh, we tasted them on the air. And now, I mean, they, now they regularly do that. You yeah, can, of course. Those, yeah. Right, yeah. And, and I may have mentioned this on the air before, but when my cousins were growing up, they all grew up in, in Los Angeles. They couldn't get um, birch beer, and they couldn't get any Tasty t- tasty Cake products. So when they would come and visit us here in Philly, Tasty Cakes were like gold for them, and we would send them back with them home. I don't know how far west you can get <laughs> Tasty Cakes now. but like Well, for them, you can ship them now. Can so you? Like, okay. Yeah, so I mean, I used to always get like Tasty Cake care packages. Okay. We, 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 go ahead. But actually taking a road trip uh, yeah. to, to get something yes. you want to win. Um, <laughs> when Sonic first popped up in the area, Sonic drive through because my wife and I, being from Missouri, we had we had Sonic there. And yeah. we loved it. Absolutely loved it. And the first one to open up in this region was in Morgantown. And Morgantown, it's about an hour drive from, from where we lived at yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, so we, we threw the kids and we're going. And we, we like the weekend it opened, we showed up. They were directing traffic because of all the people pulling in. It and was out. so exciting! Oh my god, we were so happy to get it. And now there's a Sonic like five minutes from my house, and we never go anymore. You well, know? the same thing. So in New York, for the longest time, the the one White Castle that everyone was aware of was, in fact, it's the one featured in Saturday Night Fever. It's the oh. it's that that White Castle that they go to in Brooklyn. Yeah. And uh, and so from where we were out on the island, that was close to an hour, hour plus to get in there, especially with New York traffic. And yet every once in a while, are we going to do this? Yeah. And you'd go and you'd, and you'd buy an F load of White Castle and you'd freeze, you know, some so you'd have, you wouldn't have to make the trip. But yeah, that was a journey. That was a quest for fast food. There was, uh, when I would visit my grandparents in, in Lexington, Kentucky, there was the, uh, the very first Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> was... I forgot how far away of a drive it was, but we would we would make a special trip out there because it tasted different there. Something they did at okay. that location was different than all An the other franchises. An extra secret recipe? Maybe a, yeah. a 12th herb or spice yes. that we weren't aware of <laughs> was thrown in there, but we would always make that special trip. And the gravy was better, too. So when we were kids, we happened to be down, uh, I think we had to be in, in Kentucky, where the original Kentucky Fried Chicken is. And you, you have you ever seen the original? I don't know if it's still there anymore, but it was know. it was a corner Kentucky Fried Chicken, and my dad had talked about it, and it was like, ah, oh. yeah, because. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that was one where you would. You, if we go, if you're going there, you've got to go to this place, and we made sure we did. We've, uh, and then the I think the last time we made a special road trip to get certain <laughs> a certain food was. Um, it was a few years ago. We were at Hershey Park, and while we were there, um, towards Harrisburg, which is heading further out west, right, was a rest stop that had a steak and shake. Steak and shake. And so we went. We went in the opposite direction on <laughs> yeah. our way home. 
just so we could swing by and, and eat there. Yeah, we were a little disappointed, right? It wasn't, it wasn't the same. They didn't. They didn't have all the menu items. It was a. It's a quickie. It was a rest stop version of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted. I like. I wanted chili five way. They didn't have chili yeah. five way. Um, and, and it wasn't quite the same. But uh, but I, you know what? I think they have one in. Bethlehem, and I think we're gonna. We need to plan a trip okay. to go out there. Yeah. Basically, everywhere I travel is a. Um, food just, it's just an elaborate food destination. <laughs> so I mean, when I was up in Canada for, I went there for the Eagles game. I didn't want to stay in Buffalo. I'm like, okay, well, I'm here, so I got to go to a poutine place. Yeah, and I got to go to a Tim Hortons. You know, while I'm here, I got to do this, and and right. um, I don't think I'm um, uh, unique in that. No, no, no. no. I mean, but you're. <laughs> Your 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 zeal, your commitment is yeah. is is uh, very um, uh, infectious. Well, that's why when I when we were in London, I went to Paris, and I wanted to eat baguettes, and and I was so disappointed <laughs> because I had burnt the roof of my mouth like two days before we left, and every bite of the baguette hurt so bad. Every <laughs> single Salor. one. Do you have any soft baguettes? <laughs> I burn my mouth. Why don't you get out of here now? <laughs> <laughs> you ugly American. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to some calls here. Uh, let's go to Alan. Hi, Alan. 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 How you doing? What's going on, Kenny Knight? How you Alan. doing? Alan. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, bud. All right, Alan, what's your story, man? So when the height of the Harold and Kumar go to White Castle movie came out, yeah. Me and my friends, we were hanging out at St. Joe's, uh, having fun, you know, hanging out. And the movie was on, so we looked up where the closest um, White Castle was, and we found out that the Cherry Hill one was a lie. And the closest one to us (laughs) was to Edison, New Jersey. So going from St. Joe's to Edison was about an hour 45. Okay. (laughs) So we went there. We got a Crave case. No, Crave Crate, which is about $100, which with Included a hundred burgers. I am not Whoa. familiar. A Crave Crate has a hundred burgers in it. Yes, sir. 100%. Wow. I, I'm, I'm not lying to you. It's <laughs> amazing. And so it took you two hours there and two hours back, basically. Correct. Yes. About yeah. About about four hours total, and we were eating them on the way back because <laughs> we were that hungry. You had to, right? Yeah. And, yeah. 100%. And then, uh, so had you made the a run for a big group of people? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think, five of us, and yeah, we destroyed the whole crate. And yeah, that pe- for pe- five people. people don't understand a White Castle, the numbers are completely skewed, because you yeah. can go in and order, I'll take 12 burgers, and that'll just be for you. I would always eat four double cheeseburgers. <laughs> when I, when I would you go gotta there. make it count. Yeah, yeah, for, at, uh, at White Castle, you can definitely do that. Alright, thanks, uh, Alan, that's a, that's a solid well, trip. Uh, let me go to, I have a couple of Duncan stories here. Let me go to those real quick. Cause we run on Duncan. I'm going to go to Abby. Hey, Abby. Good morning. Hi, this is Abby. How are you? <laughs> good. What's up, Abby? Abs. I like good. Abby. Um, we used to live in North Carolina and I was coming home from the night shift and my husband pretended he was going to work, drove 30 minutes away to Duncan Dennis and came back to propose with it. it proposed with it? Proposed with the Dunkin' Donuts because we both loved it, and it was never around. And so it was very- did he slide a donut on your finger? He, uh, 
No, that would have been a great idea. It was a legit <laughs> ring. It was great. <laughs> nice. So Dunkin' Donuts helped seal the deal. Yeah, because in, in the Carolinas, it's like Krispy Kreme territory. So finding a Dunkin' is like a, a jewel, you know, a diamond in the rough. I have a similar story, uh, Abby, in that when I asked my father, soon-to-be father-in-law, for uh, my wife's hand in marriage, I went to the parents I had been advised that a great way to butter him up would be with Cinnabons, which he loved. Really? But there were no... I I remember having to travel, like, way... I don't know where the hell I ended up, but it was, like, about an hour and 20 minutes from the house to get Cinnabons and bring them back. But I was on a mission, and uh, it worked. No kid? Yeah, yeah. Just to to butter him up a little bit. Just give me a donut, you can have her. (laughs) Humper nine ways till Sunday. I don't care. Nice. Ed, Ed, put that caller on hold. I want to go to Johnny, please. That's the next... uh, That's the next one, please. Because it's another Duncan story. All right, yeah, let me go to him. Hey, Johnny, you're on the air. Hey, all I did was get out of the shower. <laughs> mm, of nice and clean this morning. What's <laughs> up, Johnny? Uh, so uh, I was living in Utah a couple of years ago, and Dunkin' Donuts was opening up in Salt Lake City. <laughs> and, like, uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, uh, co-workers from Massachusetts, and we're standing in line for the opening day of this Dunkin' Donuts. And this woman behind us, she's like, yeah, I'm from Idaho Falls, Idaho, from Rhode Island originally. She drove three and a half hours <laughs> wow. to get Dunkin' Donuts. And, and we're, we're there, op- we're in line like concert tickets for the opening of the Dunkin' Donuts. And we're looking around, all these people retail are ordering donuts. And we're like, no, no, you go for the coffee. Everybody was confused. It was oh. just fast confusing. Yeah, but you're also in Utah. Not a lot of coffee drinkers. Good in point. Yeah, yeah. In Good fact, they, they make, Preston, they make bathtub coffee. <laughs> it's like prohibition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their their own version of uh, Elliot Ness. All right, three and a half hours for donuts, man. And you Duncan, know what? That's pretty solid. Well, and, and Preston, there's a steak and shake south of uh, uh, Baltimore. Uh, you know what? And they just there's one in apparently Warminster. I just saw what? Yeah, a no. bunch of people texting really? that one in. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, the, my, I have seen the light. It's on Street Road. All right, thanks, man. Go. Appreciate it. Well, I'll be there very, very soon. There was a lot of that when uh, Wawa started opening up in uh, Florida. Yes, uh, yes, you're right. Yeah. I, what amazes me, Preston, it's it's uh, pertains to this topic as well, and we talked about it earlier. The I'm going to wait in line for this, and mm-hmm. and and or there that limited t- window. Uh, what, what, who does the, the stuffed breads in, in Mania? Marciano's. Right. Legendary. Mm -hmm. And so when you go in around the holidays, Marissa knows this, you will see like the, a line, uh, like, and people. Well, they stopped taking orders at a, uh, a certain time, like ahead of the holidays, ahead of the Super Bowl. Insane. And you can only get what they have made that day and once it sells out that's it. What was the other oh go ahead I'm sorry. There was a there was a um, Rochelle and I went to Boston one time and, and our friend lived in there. He's like, We gotta go by this place. It's yes. a cannoli place. <laughs> and I mean there was a line around the block. Yeah. And you know, there are just some of these places Did you wait? for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they were great. Okay. They were great. It wasn't, you know <laughs> Was it an hour and a half in line? Great. No, it wasn't that we weren't in line that long. It was okay. it was, oh. you know, thirty minutes, forty minutes, something like that. Uh Marissa, what's the name of that ice cream place on um on Market Street where people line up uh, in the summertime. Oh, yeah. Is that the Rolls? Uh, Franklin Fountain. Yep. Franklin yep. Fountain, yeah. And how what much? Is that? Uh, you can spend 80 bucks pretty quickly and easily, right? Yeah, like a good, you know, they'll put your ice cream in like a Chinese food co- container carton. Right. Um, and that's probably $8 or something like that. So if you get one of those big, massive ones for the table, yeah. it's a lot. Okay. But it's really good. But people line up and they're down the block for it. And it's, you know, it's, it's really good ice cream, but it's insane, in my opinion, to wait that long for and it. It's, 
It's that uh, mentality of like when you're down the shore, like you're just on vacation and you just wait in line for yeah. food. Mm. By the way, ice cream. You ever you ever uh, lined up at a gelato place and then you get up there and you just think you're getting a regular scoop of ice cream and it's thirty two dollars <laughs> or something yeah, yeah, yeah. ridiculous yeah. like that? Yeah, I mean it's really good. Yes. But yeah, dear so is this God, place. it's expensive. You want to drop eighty bucks on ice cream? Yeah, no, you can do that. Jesus, no, so, so, not. what's that? What's the place we're talking? There's so many of these things now, and, and I guess if it's a food I like, I think it's great. And if it's a food I'm not that crazy about, I'm like that's insane. But there was the the guys show up for two days, and it's a um, oh. Uh, the cheese thing? I think that's it. Marissa. No, Special that's not two days. Yeah. They're, they're there for the entire season. Uh, the, the, the melted cheese. The yeah, melted cheese. Exactly. There. It's not two days. It's not two days. It's, it's, okay, but yeah. I'm talking to Marissa. She knows what's up. Yes, so do I. I eat there. They're called the Rackalax or, or something like that. Sandwiches. Raclette. Thank you. Yeah. And they set up in Love Park during uh, Christmas time. Yeah. But, but if you go up to like New York, they have them in restaurants. Okay. How, right. how, long, how long are they there on premises? Just as Casey was saying, they're they're there for the whole time during uh, Christmas time. Yeah. Okay. Christmas Village. And like all day long. Like right. from the morning until night. Okay. Just cheese, 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 pickles, and uh, mustard. That sounds good to me. Cheese, cheese, sounds cheese, really pickles, good. and mustard. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, former intern Peyton is online. Oh. Talked to Peyton in a long time. Hey, Peyton. Hey, how are you guys? Good. We miss you. How you doing? I miss you, too. I'm good. Excellent. Uh, so I guess you wanted to, to share a story here about going great distances for food. Yes. When I was in college, probably while I was interning at Westchester, um, me and two of my friends drove like an hour and a half to Whitehall, PA, to go to White Castle. Oh, hour an and hour and a half. An hour and a half. You know, I, I wonder, White Castle certainly, Peyton, became... One of those were taking a road trip kind of locations because of Harold and Kumar. Were yeah, you were definitely. you were you a big White Castle fan before that, or were you just trying? Um, I not really. <laughs> I I actually brought my own sandwich with me because I was so broke. <laughs> okay, and I was like, I'll come for the ride, but I'm going to bring my own sandwich. And then I got there, and I was like, Well, this is ridiculous. I need. <laughs> Exactly. You drove an hour and a half with your own sandwich. Uh, I tell you what, White Castle is great, but it's the kind of thing you do once, maybe twice a year because it will reset your digestive system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Exactly. All right. Well, good to talk to you, Peyton. Come visit us sometime, okay? Yeah, I need to. Good to talk to you guys. Take care. All right, bye you bye. too. Bye-bye. Which, bye. by the way, so think think about this, though, and, and I'm going to get to some other calls here that are that are re- people really driving ridiculous distances. So this this moment, this food, this experience you have is it's it's fleeting. It's fleeting. It's, it's momentary. It's fleeting. It's, it's you know. You invest all that time and you get this, you get this experience and you have it, and then it's over, it's gone. Is it worth that? Well, they actually, they actually philosophize on that in the movie in Harold and Kumar. The first okay. one he he talks about for that for that for that experience, those that moment that, and they both agree, yes, it's worth it. Okay, you know that it is that that is the, uh, the those momentary flashes of joy in life. So, uh, yeah, I've the worst thing is. If you take a sojourn like that, and they're like you said, you you went to that uh, sh- uh, shake uh, steak and shake, steak and shake, and they did not have exactly the menu yeah. item you were jonesing for. So disappointed. That's why in the bizarre file you have so many stories of people killing other people yeah. because they've taken their chicken fingers or yep. pizza or what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets that loony. By the way, don't drive to Warminster because it's closed. Son <sighs> of a bitch. Yeah, the one that everybody was telling us is open that you can go to. Okay, they're a bunch of liars. Good to know. There's a, a Steve, the, the food thing, it reminds me of that clip from 
lame movie uh, men at work where the guy goes, there are very few things right. that are as precious as a man's french fries. Right. And you never, ever touch another man's it's fries. True. Marissa, it's true. Golf clap, golf clap. Yes, from that movie as well. Um, uh, I think Instagram makes these road trips worth it. Now, because you can take a picture, you put it online, <laughs> and then you get to share it with other people, and so then other people comment so, on it. Yeah, she's so socially I, media minded that that it, it for you it's 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 like post it's like putting up a picture of an eight point buck that you got. Right? Okay, it lasts sure. longer yeah. than just the eating, the, yes. the moment of of uh, in of ingestion. So a few years ago, uh, the first time my boyfriend and I drove out to Ohio for this punk that punk festival, we go see Ranson Goldfinger. Um, we it's when White Castle announced they were doing impossible burger sliders. Mm-hmm. So we found a White Castle in I think we were in like Dover, Ohio. So we're there, we pull up, we were like waiting in line for 20 minutes because on Sunday like White Castle is the place to go to in Ohio and we found out that they were only testing them out in Columbus. So we looked at each other, and we drove another 90 minutes to oh Columbus to get the White Castle Impossible Wow. Burgers. Well, okay. I'll tell you something that's similar here in my mind, because we learned that Wawa is doing burgers. But we learned that one of the locations that they're doing, that, that in the few test locations is in the Lehigh Valley. Right? Didn't we? Is, was that confirmed? That, I don't remember. Okay, so I was wondering if we could find out where that is and if that's worth hitting on the way to uh, the Carboard Classic. Yeah. Uh, Marissa? They're also trying uh, pastas now. Okay. Do you right. guys see that? No. No. Mm. I don't know. I, 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 may, I may. The jury will be out on that. Let me go to Nicole. Drove a great distance just for something. Hi, Nicole. Good morning. Morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Nicole? So me and my, at the time, girlfriend, but now wife, were at her cousin's wedding close to, like, the Rhode Island, Massachusetts border. Mm -hmm. And we were already up north from, I mean, we live in Delaware. So I was like, well, we're we're this close. Do you think we could swing by (laughs) Maine real quick? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just swing by Maine. Well, and and what, what was what was the driver? What 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 was causing you to consider going to Maine? I have just always wanted to explore like the northeastern United States, okay. and thankfully my my wife shares that. So she was just like, "Yeah, as long as we swing by Salem and stop there for a little while, we can go ahead and go to Maine." Was there a food that drove you there? It, to Maine, yeah, that was just for the lobster rolls. She wanted to go to Salem. Oh, oh you want okay? So yeah, you left that part out. Yeah, right, yeah, so, yeah, So can we swing by Maine for a lobster roll? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which you can get anywhere in the Northeast. Yeah. Well, you know, like like though with uh, with crab crab cakes and Thanks, stuff like Nicole. that. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. So you'll. The, People get it in their mind, and they will take that sojourn. Yeah, the best lobster roll I ever had, though, was in Maine. Uh, and well, she was, so she was right. She was right. It was uh, right outside of we're in Bar Harbor. But uh, the second best lobster roll I ever had was actually at this little shack in Boston. No, and, I, well, I yeah. think you honestly, because you have spent a, a life, as you said, exploring these things, I think you should put together sort of a, a a book or a pamphlet or something of your favorite spots because idea. you, I think, more than anyone I know, knows more out-of-the-way places that have... Di- and you can specifically cite the dish you would get. Well, yeah. Yeah. What I like to do, and, and Nick, I know that when you and your buddy drove across the country, you kind of had a rule of, like, not going to chain restaurants and stuff like that. Great and, rule. Yeah. And so when I go to places, I won't exclusively eat 
uh, you know, I'll, I mean, I will have chain food if, right. if I need to, but I also like to look at and, and find the best, like, uh, shacks, you know what I mean? So, like, and it's, yeah, it's, you run a risk. Because mm-hmm. I remember clearly I was in some, my wife and I with my dad, we were going down to San Antonio in Texas out visiting him. And we go into this place. I want to try like a real old style yeah. ice cream parlor. You know, we go in and it's a real ice cream parlor. It's got the pictures and all that stuff. I'll have a uh, I'll have a chocolate ice cream cone. But we don't have chocolate. <laughs> what? You, you you don't have chocolate. Yeah. You don't. They had <laughs> vanilla. Is the only ice cream they had in an ice in an ice cream parlor. That's insane. And I was like, forget it. Yeah. My, my life was destroyed at that point. Um, I when we were in uh, the Southwest, we went to we wanted to f- uh, find a uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives, and we went to a. It was supposed to be this awesome pizza place, and I walked into there, and it was it was just downright scary in this place, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not I'm not doing this, and we ended up finding a different. Barbecue pit. There's a certain point at which you have to wonder if if you're going to die from the food that you're going to eat there. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, there's going to like donkeys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a perfect example. But like donkeys actually, this place that we went to, this this pizza shop, I mean, it was just shady. Okay. I was like, dude, I'm surprised the producers of this show walked in and go, you know what? We're not going to do this one. Uh, this, This is just a... For people who don't remember, by the way, donkeys ended up in an episode of the Goldbergs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and that 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 hidden secret is now out. And I recommend a thousand percent go to donkeys. But whatever you do, just go straight home, take your clothes off, and put your clothes in the washing <laughs> machine because you're going <laughs> to reek like donkeys. Uh, first of all, I kind of want donkeys now because yeah, Jonesing for it. What in our area outside of Wawa, outside of chains, what do we take for granted the most around here that you can't get elsewhere? <sighs> Meatball you. <laughs> Meatball you. Yep. No, they're here. Meatball, you just show We'll do some giveaways. I haven't even tried them yet. I'm excited. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Meatball, you an accredited university. Uh, What what do we take for granted? Our law school is celebrating. Yeah, like what would you know? Your your feeling about emos when you left St. Louis and you're you're here. If you left and went back to St. Louis, what would you miss most about Philadelphia? (laughs) Do do you think? I mean, the the fall Preston is obviously the cheesesteaks. But I are you a huge cheesesteak fan? Uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I don't eat them that often. I neither do I. Um, and I eat chicken cheesesteak more. Yeah, because I've, I've kind of cut a lot yeah. of red meat out of my diet, but, um, what do we take for granted? I don't know about taking for granted, but Steve mentioned Marciano's uh, a little while ago. That, I mean, it's not that far out of, you know, out of my way. It's not that far right, from right. my house, but I mean, I will specifically drive there. I will have no other reason to go to Maniunk just to get those breads. I want to, now, now I'm thinking about, what is it, Fosnacht? What is it? Yeah, yeah Fosnacht. Fosnacht. Fosnots, yeah, which, Fosnots. Nuts. <laughs> which they sell for um, Fat Tuesday today, uh, apparently. It's, Yesterday and today. And it wraps up today? Yeah. It's done? And we're, we're probably too late. Like, people were in line at 4.30. I think we're. I think they might be gone. It's a crime. One last it's call because this happens a lot. I'm going to go to Kyle. Hey, Kyle, good morning. Kyle, you're on the air, buddy. Oh, hey, sorry. I thought you guys understood sign language. <laughs> <laughs> what the? <laughs> What's up, man? I wanted to talk about the great lengths of time I've spent in line for beer. For beer. beer. Yeah, you know what? I, I had this story um, in the Bizarre File the other day about this brewery in New York. Remember a guy 
didn't like the craft brew people and pulled a gun on him because they were going, waiting in line to get special beers. He was going nuts. Yeah. They went nuts. I've waited in that line. That's that other half in Brooklyn. That's a great brewery, and it's worth the gunshot. Trust me. <laughs> All right. It's worth getting shot. So you'll drive hours and then wait in line for hours, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. And some breweries, like there's this one in Hopewell, New Jersey, called Troon. The guy only releases on Instagram, and he says, get here within an hour. I only made 500 cans. You're only allowed to buy two. Yeah. People will stand in the snow, the sleet, and like they're like mailmen. No, the, no weather condition can keep them from doing it. <laughs> Kyle, have you ever driven up to Vermont and uh, Massachusetts for uh, Hetty Topper and Treehouse? No, those are those are uh, those are pretty good beers. I've traded for them on like the beer black market, as as thug as that sounds. Um, but. Uh, there is a brewery in Massachusetts I drove to called Trillium. I don't know if you've been there. Okay. So, so Kyle, there, there was a place years ago when I was growing up on, on Long Island that had a. Uh, th- there was a guy who was sort of like a like a like a beer broker. This is well before a lot of the micro brews, and he would get beers from around the world, and it'd be that kind of thing where he would he would post, and this is you know it was hard to get the word out at that time. But it was that same sort of thing, and people would go there and wait in line for the specific. And you had a can or a bottle limit. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I There's went a in complete underground world of that right now. There's lingo so that you don't get in trouble. There's code words. <laughs> wow, it's a complete industry. You could buy a beer. Oh. We lost him. Lost him. Uh, he took him out. He was really yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I was going to ask him if if yeah. when he does this, when he goes this great length and he gets that beer, do you? Like drink it insanely slow, just so you you know. You, you what have do you to. do? <laughs> the most out of it. It's like my roommate in college. He would. It would take him a half hour to eat a Slim Jim because you know how small they are. <laughs> yeah. And he just loved the flavor so much. Slim Jim. <laughs> oh my God. Well, and with those beers, it's not like wine where you keep it for a while. You have to drink it pretty quick, right? Yeah, if yeah. If you're a snob about it, yeah, yeah. You, the, yeah. you want the, the beer. You want it to be fresher. Some beers actually you want to age, and then other beers you want it to, to be fresher. <sighs> but, but there's this beer called Heady Topper, and I, you know I haven't drank in a long, long time. And when I went to Vermont, people were asking me to get that. I hadn't heard of it at this point. I hadn't drank for a couple of years at that point. So I'm like, yeah, all right, uh, you know, I'll, I'll grab some. And so I went to a beer distributor. Guys, like, dude, you got to get here at like. Eight o'clock in the morning, if you want to get Heady Topper, because I had like showed up in the afternoon. You got some Fosnaz. <laughs> I got some Fosnaz for you, <laughs> freshly shaven. And and was he kind of like uh, you noob? Uh, you don't well, know anything. A yeah, little jerk. bit like that. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. Get out of here, you jerk. Yeah. Well, I, I ended up finding it, you know. But again, like you could only buy like a four pack at a time. It was mm-hmm. weird. Uh, well, listen, I it, 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 people will go to great lengths to get the. I mean, we're, I'm look. I'm sorry, the calls we're not going to be able to get to. A guy traveled from Delaware to Puerto Rico for a pork chop. <laughs> no, uh, there's uh, a, a guy. Jessica drove from New Jersey to New Orleans for barbecued shrimp dish. Jesus. Wayne's parents left New Jersey, drove to Sedona, Arizona for Mex for specific Mexican food, and it says no joke. <laughs> and Katie went from Philly to Hawaii for a chicken dish. Well, well, come on, it's probably good. And, and but it just I, happened I, to be in Hawaii. I've got to salute the ingenuity of these guys in New York uh, who wanted Chick Fil A. It was an hour and a half. It was too much of a drive for them. But at the airport, at the Albany International yeah. Airport, they had a Chick Fil A in the food court. They bought a plane ticket, a one-way plane ticket, just so this guy could get through security, go and buy all this Chick-fil-A, and then bring it back. 
They ate the hundred dollars that it cost for this ticket just to get the Chick Fil A. That's pretty inventive. I love that they purchased two hundred dollars worth of food there, Preston, yep. and one lemonade. And one lemonade, <laughs> exactly. Thank you for your calls. We appreciate it. We got to take a break. You know, with all this food, we should give away something right now from our friends at Meatball You, who are here this morning. I have a $25 gift card. They are located in Westchester on High Street. We'll take call number 8 at 215-263-WMMR. Meatball, you can hook you up with their uh, BYOP deal. You bring your own pot, apparently, it says. This is an idea for dinner if you have it. So come in and purchase a family-sized portion of meatball and garlic bread to go. It's as simple as that, and dinner is done, it says. So it's BYOP. Yeah, you Love bring it. a pot. They'll fill your pot with meatballs, and it looks like it's homemade. So <laughs> you just take it home. Seriously? Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> All right, 215-263-WMMR. Call number 8. You get the $25 gift card. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. The Bizarre File. Stay with us. Join Marissa Magnata Wednesday from 7 to 9 at Bar League, 101 North 11th Street in Center City for a Pacifico official cardboard classic free party. Enjoy $4 Pacifico drafts and register to win a Pacifico VIP cardboard classic experience with VIP access for four to watch the classic, an overnight stay, and lift tickets. Click events at WMMR.com for complete details. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks. Joining us uh, in our studio in the 9 o'clock hour, actress Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, who you may remember from the uh, the movie Split. That's where we first saw her. She was so good in that. And in Glass, and is going to be in the film Emma, the Jane Austen, uh, you know, the take on the Jane Austen Yeah, work. it's getting uh, very good reviews. She will be stopping by in the 9 o'clock hour, which is very, very cool. So we're looking forward to meeting her and spending some time finding out about all that. Uh, we have a bunch of other things to give away through the course of the morning, but I want to do the Bizarre File first. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you by Patient First. Cold flu season's here. Patient First is here to help. Urgent care that's open 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day of the year. 20 Eastern Pennsylvania and South Jersey area medical centers. So we'll start with this, man. A runner crawled for nearly eight hours to find help after injuring his leg in a national park in Washington. This is amazing. The runner was injured on the Duckabush River Trail in the Olympic National Park. Uh, He was about 10 miles from the trailhead, and his cell phone did not have any signal, so he couldn't call for help. He said, I was counting on my phone. Uh, I wasn't counting on my phone ever working. I just figured this is my only chance. I'm going to crawl all the way there. His name is Joseph Oldendorf. Oldendorf said his tibia became detached, keeping him on his hands and knees. Crawling on the trail made his knees so raw, he said he had to put his shoes over them for a level of protection. So he's doing that thing where you look like a dwarf? I guess so, yeah. Temperatures were below freezing, and he was wearing only light running clothes as he crawled for several miles. At 12.45 a.m. on Saturday, he realized his phone had a signal because he received a text message. He called 911 and kept crawling. Oldendorf told the station that uh, he tried lying down to wait, but he was too cold and believed that if he didn't keep moving, he could die. Thoughts of his family kept him going, he said. Uh, A crew from the fire department, along with search and rescue, responded, started up the trail to find the injured runner. Uh, He was located by his voice about five to six miles from the spot where he was injured. So he'd crawled on his hands and knees for about five or six months. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yep. 
And if he'd gone uh, 200 yards the other way, there was a full hospital press. Oh, my God. Uh, EMTs treated him for leg injury and exposure to the cold, and uh, he had to be hoisted to a U.S. Uh, Coast Guard helicopter and flown to a medical center in Seattle. Uh, he said the incident renewed his respect for nature, and he hopes to one day return to the trails. Matthew Davies donned a pillowcase to carry out the armed raid on a branch of the Bank of Scotland, but found the disguise hindered his sight. His counselor, Lorraine Glancy, said when he was in the bank, in order to be able to see the person he was trying to rob, he required to expose his face not only to that person but to the cameras operational in the bank. Hold on a second. got to take this off and reset it. Yeah, Miss Glancy told the high court in Edinburgh the robbery charge is one that is completely out with his normal character and one that, when looked at objectively, was unlikely ever to go successfully. Davies had pulled a meat cleaver from his pillow slip and then put the bedding item over his face, but then he quickly removed it because he did not create any eye holes in it. Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying is uh, my client is an idiot. <laughs> uh, Davies did uh, manage to mm-hmm. rob an employee of the bank after brandishing the weapon and demanding cash. He was initially <laughs> given about 300 bucks, but de- demanded more money. I robbed a bank and got 300 bucks. He motioned toward a female customer and warned, I don't want to effing hurt her. He repeatedly struck the glass partition with the meat cleaver. A man going into a bank decided to follow him as he made his escape uh, and tailed him to the street where he stayed. The witness described him as walking slowly away from the robbery and at one point stopping to pet a dog. (laughs) He really wasn't as committed as he should have been to this. No. Apparently, things had been going downhill in his life, and that's why he uh, resorted to this. uh, Do you remember the the story you had one time about the guy who cut the eye holes too big, Preston, and when it shifted on his face, you could see his entire face? Oh, my God, yes. Uh, Police say that they were able to catch two people connected with a stolen car because of a purchase they made at Walmart. A Dodge Ram pickup was stolen from a victim in early February. (laughs) Days later, the police found the truck parked and unoccupied. After the pickup was returned to the owner, he contacted police saying that inside the cab, he found a Walmart receipt for potato wedges (laughs) during the time the truck was taken. Police say they were able to get surveillance video from Walmart and find images of a man and a woman parking the stolen car and then buying the potato wedges inside the store. So they stole the vehicle so they could go purchase potato wedges? I don't know if it was specifically for that reason, but investigators say police were able to recognize the two people as 25, 24-year-old Elizabeth Paradis and 25-year-old Aaron Bradley Dunleavy. It was just like we were talking. When you start jonesing for something, you might have to steal a vehicle to get it. Police say both had previously been arrested for a burglary. <laughs> a little boy's fishing trip with his dad could have turned deadly in an instant. Colton Decker... A nine-year-old had received a magnetic fishing pole for Christmas. Uh, His mother, Renee, said, I thought it would uh, be a fun, safe thing that him and his dad could do together. Well, they were trying it out for the first time Monday at the Little River in Moore County. Fifteen minutes later, Colton caught something. First, he thought it was a tennis ball. He said, once I pull it out of there, I was like, hey, Dad, I think I found a grenade. (laughs) It was a live grenade with the pin pulled ready to explode. Oh, my God. Thankfully, Colton's dad is a retired Special Forces soldier who knew to get help right away. Fort Bragg bomb expert Staff Sergeant Drew Dobbs was called out to help safely detonate the grenade. He said, I have no actual reason or explanation for why one would be in a creek here. It was in a very dangerous state for any regular civilian to be handling. 
Uh, the grenade was too dangerous to transport, so they detonated it in the woods after emergency crews blocked the area. Dobbs said if somebody was holding it, it would absolutely kill them if it would have gone off. I'm sure you remember with your dad. I know I used to go grenade fishing with my dad, but sure. we never expected to catch one. No, Dobbs uh, said the family did the right thing by immediately calling for help instead of handling the grenade themselves. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And then one last story, and this is uh, similar to the, to the the runner. Two academics in their 70s who disappeared from Northern California Rental College more than a week ago were found alive this past Saturday. Carol Kaparski and Ian Irwin, 77 and 72 respectively, uh, were plucked by a helicopter crew from heavily wooded terrain. They were conscious and dehydrated uh, when they were taken to a hospital in unknown condition. The two from Palo Alto were avid hikers who frequently visited the area. So they should have known what they were doing. They were familiar with local hiking trails, but somehow became lost as darkness fell during a Valentine's Day outing. Norman, where are you? uh, They found a, a puddle nearby, and that's what they were using to survive. Uh, authorities were concerned when the two did not check out uh, from their vacation cottage uh, the weekend of February 15th. In the following days, the sheriff's department rolled out a massive search that included the help of hundreds of volunteers. And on Saturday, rescuers say they heard the pair yelling for help. Uh, the two were soon pulled from the uh, from brush so thick that rescuers had to crawl out on their bellies. Oh, my God. How the hell did they get caught in that? Yeah, they just got disoriented. Uh, it may have been just in time. The effort to find Kaparski and Irwin turned into a recovery mission by Thursday. They had initially said that it's, we're not going to find them yeah, alive. so we're going to go look for dead bodies. Yeah, the duo was in light clothes. They had no jackets, no food, no water. And it turned out Kaparski had fallen at one point, was not wearing shoes. Oh, my God. Authorities feared that they would not survive the cold. The last three days, the temperatures dropped down into the 30s, and it wasn't looking great for their chance of survival. Oh, poo. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, puddle. But they made it. Yeah, because of a puddle. That is an amazing uh, story of survival. And there you go. It's what's in the bizarre file this morning. Uh, Let's take a break, and let's give away... What am I doing? The movie screening passes... We have this movie, Onward, okay? And I want to, uh, this is uh, Monday, March 2nd. Yeah. So this coming Monday at the UA King of Prussia. Uh, and I'll take seven callers, and we will give you movie passes. 215-263-WMMR. It's a Disney Pixar film. Looks good. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt are the voices. And uh, it's in theaters nationwide Friday, March 6th. So we'll take seven callers, and we will give you those tickets. 215-263-WMMR. Coming back in a moment, our buddy J.J., Jim Jackson, joining us. And uh, we'll have actress Anya Taylor-Joy here as well as we're going to find out the story about uh, Kathy's dad finding the long-lost brother. It's going to be a feature on NBC10. Her wonderful, effed-up family. Jim Rosenfield from NBC10 (laughs) will be here. And more coming up. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Do you know you can earn rewards just by shopping at Acme? Download the Acme mobile app and redeem your rewards for discounts on gas at participating Exxon stations or for free groceries. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
So we're doing a party tonight, uh, a little sorority get-together at the Flyers game. First time we've done this. And first time in their new area called the Assembly Room. I haven't been to a game all season, so I'm excited that this will be my first one. I know I'm late getting into it, but they're playing the uh, the Sharks tonight. Uh, so in preparation for that, uh, gentlemen, we haven't talked to in a little while. I'm always happy to have him on. Your play-by-play man, Mr. Jim Jackson. Good morning, JJ. Good morning. How, How you doing? You? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Ready That's... for another game and ready for another phrase. Yes, <laughs> yes. We, we are going to get to that. We are, we are going to we're going to give Jim a special phrase that he must work into and magically weave the way he does when he does his play-by-play. He's a wordsmith. A phrase, and uh, we'll tell you how you can win with that in just yeah. a moment. But uh, hey, man, things have been uh, things have been going well with the team. They really have. It's it's been a year that um, I think we I, I could say we went into this season with uh, expectations that were good, but not you know we weren't quite sure what we had with this club. But Elaine Vino has done a great job as a coach. Uh, Carter Hart, uh, when he's been healthy, especially at home, has been great. And some of the young players are really developing. The, the veterans are, are getting going too. So uh, I really like this team. I, I'd say I'm, I'm as confident about this team as I've been in a, almost almost ten years. I mean, I, I really think they have a shot to not only make the playoffs, but if they stay healthy, is to do some damage. Wow. So many things in hockey, Jim, are about feel and chemistry and all these little intangibles that you guys talk about all the time. But there was a moment in the game the other night, um, and uh, it was they've been fun to watch. And there was a moment where uh, Drew was on his knees, made an incredible pass, uh, pass from his knees to Konechny, who then made another great pass to uh, Voracek, who scored on the power play. And uh, Drew passed Bobby Clark, I think, for most power play, uh, power play assists of all time with the Flyers uh, on that play. It was, it was a really cool moment. But right after it happened, Voracek had this look on his face like uh, he kind of knew that it was coming. He, he, he feels like this team is playing well together. Did you get that sense with these guys that, like, they're all just sort of gelling together at the right time. I do with the veterans in particular because Nick, they've been around. They've they've seen this team have to basically scratch and claw to get in the playoffs. They might have to scratch and claw again this year, but it's not because of, of of them getting off to a bad start or something like that. It's just because it's really competitive in the Eastern Conference this year. But this team's on pace for 102 points, and they haven't had that that kind of season in almost a decade. So there's a definitely good feeling, and, and the guys who've been around here a while, the Voracek's, the Sarus, the Couturier's. They, they, you definitely get a sense from them that they, they think there's something going on here that's really good, and you just never know in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like in St. Louis last year, you get in and you can win. It's, it's unlike any other sport how wide open it is, and, and the Flyers feel as though if they get in, and it's not going to be easy, but if they get in, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Do you, do you get the sense the game benefits greatly from being played on ice? Or is that an obvious question? <laughs> I think you've asked that question before. Okay, I just, I just want to know if the has it changed since the changed last time? Then, yes. yeah. Most is the ice still cold? I just try to come up with questions that <laughs> appear to have weight, but really don't mean anything. I, right. I have a question for you, JJ. I, I don't understand. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But why um, the why Carter Hart is playing so well at home this year versus on the road? He is lights out at home and on the road. He struggles. Any idea as to why this might be happening? I mean, part of it is obviously the team has played better at home, but it, it does go beyond that. Uh, he, he's just. Not been as sharp on, on the road. He's, I'm, I'm sure at this point, kind of sick of answering this question. He's been asked. But the only Thanks for bringing it up, question. Nick. I'm asking yeah. JJ, not Carter. No, 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 no. I'm not sick <laughs> okay, of okay. answering. Carter's probably sick of answering. Right. Because it basically, he's, you know, he's such a level-headed kid. I know he looks 14 and all that, but he's really a mature kid. He does the same preparation home road. 
Uh, to me, it makes no sense that a guy like this would have such a, a disparity. And I mean, it's amazing. I mean, his, his goals against averages. At one point, it was two run, two two goals higher on the road than it was at home. I mean, in, in his save percentage, about a hundred percentage points lower on the road. So these are, are huge differences. It just doesn't make any sense for a guy who's so into his preparation and is so level-headed. So his whole goaltending style is is about calm and cool and. Uh, to me, it's a mystery. Elaine Vigneault has no answers. I don't think Carter has any answers. I think the more he plays, he hasn't been playing too much on the road. I think it will be important to get him in some key road games down the stretcher to try to get him some wins so that he goes into the playoffs knowing he can you know, handle the road as well. Hey, Jim, maybe the Flyers should consider the, the road games having the guy who drives the Zamboni get in there <laughs> the goal. Because that might, worked might the work. other night, right? That was an amazing story. I mean, that was just, I was watching that, and it was just incredible. This 42-year-old guy, you know, he obviously has, has faced some of those Leafs players because he, he would be the uh, emergency goalie for their uh, AHL team in Toronto. So some of the younger players, certainly, he had actually faced. But to be out there, he gives up two bang-bang, and it's like, oh, this is going to be. And then, I mean, the Hurricanes just completely locked down. He barely had to make any tough saves in the third period. But it was a great story. 42-year-old. I love it. Barely guy ends up uh, with an NHL win under his belt. It's awesome. Hey, listen, before we give you your magic phrase and tell people what they need to do to win, uh, Marissa put together a look back at the various times you've done this for us over the years. Um, so we have a we have a montage. <laughs> we have a montage of JJ uh, working in the secret phrases to the play by play, and so I'm going to run this, and then we're, then we're going to give everybody the instructions. But this is this is how it's gone over the years. Well, Bill, whether it's Kismet or Destiny or what have you, the Flyers are here in Game Seven. Avery's been very quiet in this game. You're used to him being a jabroni out there. Coach, I bet you just want to holler. Right now, I'm not sure that was sarsaparilla, by the way, that that guy had in his glass. I was worried about you, Jonesy. Clams Casino down in the pregame meal. Uh, and I thought of you. You were enjoying them thoroughly. Beautiful. It's great. Stop thinking of clams. I will. Artem and Isimov here with a spinorama pass. Looking a spin on the baby wheel right there, but maybe he should have shot it, Jones. Want it to become like the NFL guys where when a guy gets a first down or makes a tackle, we see the old funky chicken dance every time. Lots of good snacks up there, Jimmy. Yeah. I like those uh, cheese balls. They're one of my favorites. Ah, yes. I didn't see any there. That might have been some cheese balls. So let's see. Jonesy loves his cheese ball. A very strong performance from 68. Jumping, Jimmy. Look at those numbers. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Forcheck drops the gloves and starts hammering away. So does Haglund, but Haglund's not hammering. We get a second kerfuffle. All next week at kerfuffle. Five Phillies radio DJs are stopping by. WMMR's Casey and Nick try to hold their own with Phillies top sports writers. I know they will. Those two will not be jabronis. Well said. Take that show. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> My favorite, I think, is the baby wheel. Yeah. Because it's just, there's no, it, it doesn't it means mean nothing. Anything yeah, it's all. no meaning yeah, whatsoever. I think on that one, if I'm not mistaken, and we even we even did it graphically. I think we even put it up. Graphically. <laughs> oh, was that's a, oh, great! That one was uh, yeah. That was uh, that was probably the toughest one to get. And there were a couple. There's definitely <laughs> some that are easier than others. Let's put it. All that right. Way. Well, this one's a bit wordy. This one I think is going to be tough uh, <laughs> because it's it's got some length to it. So, uh, Jim, are you ready for your phrase? I'm ready. All right. So here it is. Somebody peels some shrimp because this gumbo is just getting started. <laughs> Oh, I, can't, I can't really sneak that one in. I? <laughs> no. I think you can, and I think you will. You always do. Yeah. 
well, no, I'll get it in, but it's not like like jabroni. I could just kind of slide. Yeah, it just kind of. There are all sorts. It's got to stand on its own a little bit. No, there are all sorts of gumbo correlations in hockey, so I think you'll be fine. Mm. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of them. Rattle them off right now. Please start. (laughs) So the way this is going to work, gang, is you you watch the Flyers game on, uh, on NBC tonight. Uh, and at the point that Jim says, somebody peels some shrimp <laughs> because this gumbo is just getting started. Take a look at the clock, the, the, your watch or your, you know, whatever. It's not the, not the game clock, but the time of day. Note the time of day. And then tomorrow, we'll ask a designated caller to give us a buzz and tell us what time that Jim said this phrase. And then you can win tickets to a future Flyers game. So that's the way it's going to work. Yeah. Very simple. So is your mind sort of reeling now at possibilities? Because, uh, you know, I I know you sort of do a little pre-planning to try to insert it. I do. I try to figure out a game situation where there are certain game situations I think you can stick this one in, but they don't always happen. So, (laughs) uh, you know, that would leave me uh, having to force it in late in the game. I'm not quite sure how I would do that. But we'll we'll figure something out. All right. You've always risen to the challenge fabulously. So... I'll try. So, uh, JJ, obviously you're working while we're going to be there tonight, but uh, I'm really excited because I got a tour of the assembly room uh, earlier in the season. Preston and Steve haven't seen it yet, and we're having our sorority night up there tonight. So we're bringing a whole bunch of ladies, uh, sisters of, of the Preston and Steve show, to join us. Have you spent any time in that part of the building? Because I have toured it. I don't spend any time right. during games in there, but it is gorgeous. Uh, I've had other people, friends of mine, who uh, watch the game from there, and they just love it. It's, they've done a spectacular job with the, especially the balcony area, which is where that is uh, on this, uh, you know, restructuring of the building. They've still got more to do. I think the club level, but the, the balcony level is tremendous. It looks amazing from what we've yeah. seen, and Nick is raving about it. And and we are perfect bringing our sorority. Yes, yeah. perfect. For you to do, yes, awesome, awesome. So we're we're looking forward to it. I know you won't be able to duck down because you'll be busy. But uh, it depends on in between periods. I might be able to sneak down. We'll all right, we'd love nice. to see you. Yeah, yeah. and right. we'll introduce you to the ladies, <laughs> our sorority. Yeah. Um, all right. So once again, it's somebody peels some shrimp because this gumbo is just getting started. You'll hear that during the game tonight, or maybe you won't. I don't know, but you never know. We'll we'll see. It's possible. Yeah, he's going to fit it in there. All right, JJ. We'll see you tonight, man. Thanks for coming on. Sounds good, guys. Enjoy the game. All right, yeah. take care, Jim Jackson. Yeah. Best in the biz right there. Love JJ. Uh, Listen, before we go on to anything else, real quick, I want to mention we do have uh, a Tattoos Day today. It's your chance to win uh, a Preston and Steve tattoo. Uh, Text word tattoo to 39333. World famous Philadelphia Eddies. You could win. We'll pick a winner uh, by the end of the program. Uh, But I wanted to to mention this, and I'm glad we have a couple of minutes to talk about this. Um, you guys have seen the the movie Hidden Figures, yes, right? Yes, absolutely love it. Great movie about the space program, uh, African-American women that were integral in uh, in uh, the Mercury. They, they focused on the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the Mercury uh, uh, space uh, program. And uh, one of the women, actually the star and the focus of that uh, film, passed away, Katherine Johnson. And she was, she was 101 years old. What, what a life. A, what a full life. And reading up uh, a little bit on her bio since then, um, a lot, you know, I mean, because obviously it's Hollywood and they take some liberties, but a lot of that stuff in that movie was was the real deal about her life. Well, they, I mean, you know, if you know anything about it, I'm sure you're going to explain it, but I mean, they were, they were integral. There was a lot of, you know, obviously this was uh, unknown territory. There was not a lot of this. They were, everything that was being done was being done for the first time. And the the mathematics, the calculations, the things that needed to be at least best guessed 
these were the women uh, in large part who were coming up with this stuff yeah. that they needed to employ because you don't know. Yeah, Kath, have you seen the movie? I know I you have, don't. Yes. Okay, I know you don't really care about the space program that much, but did you enjoy this movie? Oh yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah, it's it's such a great story. Uh, she had been working at the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics in 1953. She was classified as sub-professional, not far outranking a secretary or a janitor. Uh, but hers was the labor of mathematics, using a slide rule or mechanical calculator in complex calculations to check the work of her superiors, engineers who, unlike her, were white and male. Her title was literally computer. Yeah. That's what these women were known as. They were computers. It's what they did. It wasn't a machine back then. It was a human being. Someone who does computation. Yeah. Uh, she died uh, February 24th, so yesterday, at 101 years old. Uh, went on to develop equations that helped the NACA and its successor, NASA, send astronauts in orbit and later to the moon in 26 signed reports uh, for the space agency and in many more papers that bore others' signatures on her work. Uh, she uh, codified mathematical principles that uh, remain at the core of human space travel. Uh, she was not the first black woman to work as as a NASA mathematician, nor the first to write a research report for the agency. But she was eventually recognized as a pathbreaker for women and African Americans in the newly created field of spaceflight. Uh, like most backstage members of the space program, she was overshadowed in the in the uh, popular imagination by, of course, the astronauts who yes. were you know the the stars of the whole thing, the Buck Rogers. But she was uh, she was she were the ones that. Uh, amongst people that that calculated these flights, and to a lesser extent also by the department heads under whom she served. Um, She didn't command mainstream attention until President Barack Obama awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom, uh, the highest civilian honor. That was in 2015. And then the next year, she was celebrated in the book, Hidden Figures, that came out by Margot Lee Shetterly. And then, of course, the movie with Taraji P. Uh, Hanson playing her. Octavia Spencer and Janelle Monet played a couple of other ladies that yeah. were integral in that as well. Uh, but she was a math prodigy from West Virginia. Uh, she would uh, count everything as a child, she said. The steps on, you know, uh, the, to the road, the steps up to the church, the number of dishes and silverware wash. Uh, she worked as a school teacher before being hired as a computer at the NACA's Flight Research Division based in Langley in Hampton, Virginia. Uh, was the, that agency was established in 1915, began enlisting white women uh, to work as computers 20 years later. Black computers assigned mainly to segregated facilities were first hired during the labor shortage of World War II. Uh, she was one of about 100 computers uh, that were there. Now, it says that the, the movie Hidden Figures did take some occasional liberties with facts to emphasize the indignities of segregation. Uh, she said that in the, well, you see in the movie, she's got to run to the bathroom, yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. whole big thing. Yes, yes. Uh, to the, the quote-unquote colored bathroom. But in reality, she said she used the bathroom that was closest to her desk. So that stuff never happened. Oh, they the created movie. that they for the just, movie? They used it as an example right, yeah. of, you know, segregation at the time. Uh, but she had a bachelor's degree in mathematics, spent her early, years, or early career studying data from plane crashes, helping devise air safety standards at a time when the agency's uh, central concern was aviation. Uh, then in October 1957, Sputnik was launched, and there you go. The space race was off. She also designed the Death Star, did she not? Uh, she was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. didn't design the flaw no, in there, though. She, but... she had a more benign <clears throat> image of the star. It was going to be the life star, Yeah, but it was corrupted by 
obviously, the Imperial Force. But she and dozens of colleagues wrote a 600-page technical report titled Notes on Space Technology Outlining the Mathematical Underpinnings of Space Flight from Rocket Propulsion to Orbital Mechanics and Heat Protection. Uh, and she was calculating flight trajectories to ensure that astronauts return safely to Earth. Now, the movie got this spot on um, that, uh, you know, when when Alan Shepard went up in, the, in those first launch, he was the first one up, it was straightforward math. It, it went up and down. It didn't go into orbit. But once they started getting into orbital flight, they had to calculate the trajectories of that, and it was a whole other... Like you said, they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, again, you're... Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's a needle in a haystack. So on every level of this, and it's it's brilliantly depicted in the movie, the right stuff about what they knew and what they did not know and the race they were in. Uh, it's amazing. You know, more people didn't die when you stop and think about what they were doing. They quoted it as orders of magnitude more complicated, <laughs> sure, like sure. ridiculously more complicated. I mean, when you consider that the phone, the iPhone you have has more technology in it right now than all of the space program at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, in an interview she did in 2008 about that particular math and how to calculate it, she stepped up and said, let me do it. She said, you tell me when you want it and where you want it to land, and I'll do it backwards, and I'll tell you when to take off. Yeah. And uh, with her findings, it enabled engineers to determine exactly when to launch a spacecraft and when to begin its reentry. And it marked the first time a woman wrote a technical report in NASA's Elite Flight Research Division when a superior said that uh, she couldn't apparently, and, and then here's this touches on the movie too, a superior said she couldn't accompany male colleagues to a briefing related to her work, she said, is there a law that says that I can't go? And her boss gave in and, and allowed her to go to the go. meetings. And yeah. they show that in the movie. And uh, her handwritten calculations were said to have been more trusted than those performed by mainframe computers. Another scene in the movie, uh, th- this hit it on on, the, on the, na- the nail on the head. A short time before Glenn, uh, John Glenn launched into space, he asked engineers to, quote, get the girl to check the numbers. Wow. And... Uh, they said that all the women were called girls at that time, but everybody knew exactly which girl he was talking about. Uh, you know, you think about uh, there's a scene at the beginning of First Man, Preston, mm-hmm. where, uh, a, uh, you know, Neil Armstrong is skipping across. He's in the X-15. Yeah, yeah. And, and he starts to, oh, my God, how am I going to regain yeah. and get back? That sort of stuff is, uh, again, when you're the first doing things like that, you can understand the level of panic why someone like this who at least seemed to have a handle on it, yeah. was so integral. It's an amazing thing. And so, 101. So with John Glenn's flight, she spent, you know, when he said get the girl to uh, to check the numbers, uh, she spent a day and a half checking the trajectory calculations that were made by the IBM computer before giving the go-ahead. The computer had already said it's okay, but he said, I'm not doing anything until she, until she says it's wow. okay. Well, because you remember what God computers damn, were at that time. Yes. Man. I mean, there were punch cards, you remember, at that point. <sighs> yeah. It was actually a guy sitting in a box who affected a robot voice. Um, I think it's okay. Uh, so, I mean, if, if he put that kind of trust in her, you know, that's it's amazing. So she was, you know, legendary. Absolutely. They, they named a building after her. And, you know, after all this, I just thought it was really an impressive life. And lived to be 101, like you said. It's just incredible. Uh, hang on. We have a caller. We have uh, Jen, uh, whose mother-in-law did the same computing work. At Na- Hi, Jen. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Good morning. Uh, so your mother-in-law was was at NASA as well? Yes, but she was at Edwards Air Force Base in California. Wow. But she was doing the exact same work as Katherine Johnson. No kidding. 
Yeah. That's pretty amazing. They, yeah, my mother, she's had a life, true. Yeah. Yeah, also. So. To, to be integral in that as well, uh, is uh, do, you, do you have any, is there a, a history on her? Or you have, have you guys put together a history on your, your mother-in-law? Is there, you know, if one were to look her up, would they see information on her? Well, we keep telling her that she needs to write her biography because she's she worked for NASA at the, at the dawn of the space program. She worked as a bat researcher. She worked she worked a lot of different things, and her life has been very interesting. And it could also be a movie. No, you know. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah very so, cool. Um, and she like she knew the three astronauts who died of the Saturn rocket. You know that. Yeah, yeah, it was Apollo Earth. One. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Kathy's dad banged Janis Joplin. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got a story. You didn't know Janis Joplin. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, Jen. Thank you. Thanks so much. Is well, that in hidden what, figures? What's her What's her name, by the way, Jen? Her name is Barbara Hepner. Barbara Hepner. Yep. All right. Man, excellent. Thank you so, so cool. much. We appreciate it. Yeah, there are there are a lot of a lot of these behind the scenes people, you know, that that we'll never we'll never know about. My mother in law invented the steam engine. Did she yeah. really? That's yeah. pretty amazing. That yeah. is amazing. How did that get over? Somebody else got credit for it, though. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, science and exploration and all those wonderful things, scientists have Wait, discovered... Wait, I just want to see Kathy's eyes roll white. Uh, ...have uh, <laughs> discovered that Mars has Mars quakes. Mars has Mars? Of course it does. Yeah, the equivalent of earthquakes. So there's seismic activity yeah. on Mars. Yeah, that's cool. See, mm-hmm. women uh, running NASA, this on Mars, I'm out. <laughs> I'm okay with the women. You're women running the women NASA, NASA yes. that's okay, but Mars, yeah. Mars quakes, you're I'm, tapping out. I'm going to go shopping. Uh, from data obtained by NASA's InSight Lander, which arrived uh, in November 2018 on Mars, the mission has so far recorded 174 seismic events. To what level of seismic magnitude do they say they are? I don't know. I um, wonder if they're like, uh, you know, all, uh, 9, 10 on the Richter scale, or are they, I assume... Well, it says here the seismic activity is greater than that of the moon, which was measured back in uh, the Apollo program, but less than Earth. Okay. Uh, so they're not getting, you know, big, uh, you know, six point. So the building codes don't need to be as strict. No, they can be a little, <laughs> a little more less. lax. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's a Mars quake. Uh, but yeah, 174 seismic events in 235 Martian days. By the way, I, I ordered and got this this Blu-ray of the Journey Across the Universe. You know, it turns out the universe is rather large. It's rather big. But uh, it's, the, it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> I'm constantly fascinated by this stuff. And, and again, you know, they can't get to Mars quick enough. I, I, I want a manned mission to Mars. I know. What is the projected date? They were talking about. Uh, I'm not sure. I, you know, this stuff. What if I get hit by a bus? It's pretty wild how, you know, you, you talk about the, the vast sizes of of you know the universe and things yeah. like that and how it just it can tweak your melon like yesterday i started reading a story about how a physicist is is claiming that we we are eventually going to figure out um other dimensions parallel yes. universes and dimensions and, and he's like it's going to happen at some point and i'm like i started to read it and i just stopped i'm like i'll never i'll never understand that I'm never going to figure that out. Stop and think about, um, again, all the stuff that they say can't happen and that they've said can't happen and learned people say can't happen. They're now talking about the potential of traveling at light speed, that this is something that could, you know, Star Trek has put this forward and, and obviously Star Wars and all these things for years, science fiction. But uh, imagine that. Yeah, but in whose lifetime? They, they're saying Kathy's. Okay. No, no. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. She's so young. It's, 
She's yeah, well, very young. She's the youngest of us, <laughs> fresh out of junior high. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, just the potential is there, and that's always what is so intriguing. Yeah. All right, one more scientific thing. Oh, they're uh, going to put the Real Housewives cast on Jupiter? Yeah, <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> No, a farmer has found, it says here, the 20,000-year-old remains of four prehistoric armadillos. I think it goes 20 million years. I saw this. Yeah. yeah. Th- th- this maybe, is amazing. Maybe the uh, remains are in such good condition. That's why it was in a new story. In that it's, it's, it's actually 20 years, Nick. Uh, 20 years old. But apparently these are armadillos that were the size of a car. Like, what do they say, Volkswagen Beetles? Yeah. They, and, and I saw no the pictures. Way. Yeah, it looks pretty wild, Case. Look, look, they have, yeah, Case, take a look at this. Uh, yeah, so and, and their trunk was in the front, Preston. They, yeah, uh, they're they found them at the the bottom of a dried out riverbed. Uh, local media said that a farmer stumbled across the four uh, glyptodonts, a heavily armored mammal that holy lived hell, it's a glyptodont. They're in the uh, Pleistocene epoch and were relatives of present-day armadillos. Yeah, it's only 20,000 years ago. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. 20,000 years ago, and those things were stomping around. Well, it, it also sort of begs the question as to, like, when they talk about um, dino DNA and, and DNA replication and, yeah. and things like that with, with mammoths, if they find uh, armadillos like this that are only ten to 20,000 years old, can they um, infuse modern-day armadillos and, and cre- recreate Animals that didn't exist that long ago, you know, when when you're talking about the global scale of the planet. Welcome to Armadillo Park. Wouldn't they call them, like, Dinodillos? Probably, yeah. Dinodillo. Uh, But apparently it's the uh, Glyptodont is what it's called. Uh, uh, These type of creatures or or remains are being discovered all the time. But was uh, um, Dreadnoticus was discovered, the, the largest dinosaur to ever walk the face of the earth. Remains were discovered just a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, let's see. Experts in... Look at uh, us sounding all smart. Buenos Aires uh, are investigating, and they'll spend the next week extracting the remains. Archaeologist Pablo Messinio... I don't know what the hell this is. Uh, ...saw that a man named Juan de Dios Sota was uh, taking his cows to graze in a nearby field, and they noticed the odd shapes in the dried riverbed as they did not appear to be the remains of horses or cows. Here's what happened. I was taking my cows to the pasture, and I noticed lumps that seemed to be different. Uh, Messinio and a team of scientists arrived on the scene to... I said to my wife, Consuelo, come here. Look at those lumps. Do they not look like huge armadillos? Uh, To dig out the prehistoric megabees. He said, we went there expecting to find two, and uh, the excavation started, and then two more were found. Do they have an artist's rendering of what they believe those things looked like when they were... Good question. uh, They should get a mall artist. Uh... Type in, Nick, uh, G-L-Y-P-T-O-D-O-N-T. Pretty young thing. (laughs) (laughs) P-Y-T-T. They look like armadillos. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, You mean those armadillos look like armadillos? You know what they call them, Steve? I'm not making this up. Carmadillos. These big ones. Because they're as big as a car. Okay. There you go. And the much larger limo dillo. Uh... (laughs) Uh, science team will require diggers to remove the shells as they can weigh up to one ton each. You know, wow. that, the preservation of stuff like this when you discover and the moving of it and the excavation of it is a very delicate procedure. Oh, yeah. yeah, most definitely. Because you can screw up all the data. Yep. That's why they use melon bowlers when they extract these. Well, things. you got to be careful, I would imagine. So, 
Uh, uh, we're learning so much here. I was, I was not, I was not ready for this influx of information. Yeah, but I'm, I feel sorry. better. No, I like it. Look, here's a picture, Kathy, up on the screen. It's, it's an enormous car-sized armadillo. They are, they're huge. So that's the case where the uh, car, the armadillo runs over the car. Um, okay, so which states are armadillos in? I know Texas, but uh, yeah, it's any southwest, other ones? Yeah. and Delaware because of the tax free shop. Oh, okay, <laughs> well. No right? I mean, even, even animals are drawn to recognize that. They've got a cute little one at the Philly Zoo. Uh, an armadillo? Mm-hmm. You find armadillos cute? He, he was cute, yeah. Wow. Do you know, when the armadillo balls up, yeah. if it catches your finger or something, oh. yeah, it can break your finger. I mean, oh. it has that... that... Well, that's good to know since yeah, they're so. letting the kids touch it. Uh, <laughs> but, Kat, they kind of look a little possumy. That's what I thought. No, that's why I'm surprised. they have like a hard shell. They look nothing like those disgusting creatures. Their faces do. Their faces do. Uh, like, it's like pointy. Yeah. Kathy, Kathy is fickle when it comes to what animal she loves. <laughs> it's the rat tail on the possum that, that freaks you out, correct? Yeah. The, the yeah. radish tail. Ugh, it's everything. The uh, teeth. The you teeth. Like, you don't like the teeth either. No. Remember, oh God, when you guys put that in a, a box for my birthday and put it on my desk? <laughs> Dear God. Well, we love you. We put a, uh... a possum in a box right here on the console. And it, it was a baby that. possum there, right? It was disgusting. I, I can't help but I think they're kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of animals, I have one more story. All right. Then we got to take a break. Uh, wild animals like chimpanzees, lions, and bears are no longer going to be legally allowed to serve as entertainment at private parties in Los Angeles. Uh, under legislation that uh, the city council approved this week. So what are we talking, like stand-up acts and singing or what? <laughs> no, uh, like the illegal activity we took part in when they came to our studio. Probably right, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> council member uh, David Ryu had uh, led an effort to pass the measure, which he has characterized as one of the strongest of its kind in the nation. It would prohibit people from exhibiting wild, exotic, dangerous animals at house parties and other loud or unruly gatherings. It's probably a good idea. There was that story you had a while ago about a guy who was bringing like a, a lion around and a or a tiger around in a really small cage. And yeah, so apparently cool. this is pretty common in California. Oh yeah, well, I, I would imagine, right? Yeah, because uh, of the climate. Circus acts featuring wild animals like bears, tigers, and monkeys are not going to be allowed. Uh, Rayu at a council meeting on Tuesday described how four years ago he saw a giraffe and an elephant being marched up the Hollywood Hills for a party. No. Uh, his office says that uh, people exhibiting exotic animals at lavish parties is a long-standing problem in the city. Kathy Janis Joplin used to have giraffes at all her parties. Did your <laughs> dad dad's ever... favorite animal? Uh, um, wow, yeah, I, I I can see that. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I remember when I was six years old, my parents hired a uh, a whale, for <laughs> and the thing was just flopping around, and That's I nice felt idea. so bad. Yeah, you know, you think I mean, he was running a hose over it, Nick, but it was like whales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like in practice, though. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! Can you do? Can you can get though like petting zoos, like small petting yeah. zoos, to come by for a party, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, with cats and dogs. But I think that's more like there's sheep, maybe a Yeah, goat. goats and yeah. Uh, things along those lines. Not, Just not ultra exotic. Yeah, not yeah. a chimpanzee or a, a, or giraffe, or a, a bear like we had. Right, right. <laughs> we had a cub in the studio. We did. We what, what all have we had in here? That's we've right, had a tiger. Uh-huh. We've had a bear. Uh-huh. We've had a couple of different monkeys. Chimpanzees. chimpanzees yes. Reese's monkeys. Possums. Where there uh, were three horses. alligators and long heads. Oh, we had an alligator. Possums, alligator, puppies. What was uh, Joe afraid of? In turn, Joe. Snakes. 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 We had a boa yeah. in here. A really big one. A, a unicorn. 
Uh, oh, pony. Yeah, my birthday. We had a pony. Yeah, <laughs> okay, oh, I forget about that. That's, that's where up the elevator. Bill seriously uh, considered the logic of hiring us over here to MMR. And I, we had a horse in the studio. I mm-hmm. think we came. We started here in May. My birthday is in August. I'm pretty sure it was that first year we were here. Like, we were just here a few months, and he was like, what did we hire? My concern mm-hmm. is if the horse pisses and it gets on the electronics, <laughs> yeah, it would take the station off the air. That was the main thing. That he was, was really upset. This could be a liability. Uh-huh. It's a legit oh, concern, though. I mean, it it is. Right. when He's you right. see those things pee, and, you know, obviously. We That's why take... they say pee like a horse. Yeah. 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 You're yeah. right. Are you taking Bill's side? Um, no. Oh, okay. No, no. I lo- Dude. I was, one, I was the one who booked it. I um, <laughs> <laughs> I booked the horse. He got the horse, the horse up in the elevator. I didn't uh, see all that stuff through. I didn't really think about that Listen, stuff. Listen, again, talk about the space program. You know, they, they they there were some things they didn't see all the way through, but yeah. yet, look where we are. Look yeah. where we are. Okay, so. Yeah. Right, Born to Mars. So, <laughs> moving forward, what animal do you think we could get here? I mean, uh, we've had goats and stuff. Oh. That a lot of times, yeah, the, the issue goats. is is that if they if they pee in here or something, then we're dealing with that. I don't know. I think it was a lizard one time that whizzed in here. Yes. Oh, and it smelled oh my so bad. God, it smelled like death. It yeah. was horrible. Wouldn't you guys love to meet a baby elephant? I like yes. that'd be cool. Yes. Can we do that? Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they around? Anybody have those? Yeah, they don't pee much. <laughs> oh, no, they're they're fine. There's a baby elephant that works at Philadelphia Insurance. Okay, all right. So um, the the last animals we had in here, I think, were goats. The goats for, for we, goat yoga. We do goat yoga. By yeah. the way, my wife now is completely enamored of those goats. And she goes, they're adorable. We get a goat. They were incredibly adorable. <laughs> my friend had a goat growing up, and they are they are cute. Their eyes are wild. Oh yeah, they yeah. have rectangular pupils. They're, the eyes of the devil. They're terrifying. But yeah. as baby goats. They're really super cute. What about yeah, nanny goats? Nanny goats, yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Anyway. Uh, we should take a break because we are awaiting some guests. But as we do break, I want to give away some more goodies from our friends at Meatball U over here this morning. <laughs> Meatball U. Every time. Uh, is located on High Street in Westchester. And uh, Kathy's cousin, Dan, is one of the owners. I want to thank Dan and Morgan for coming by today. And uh, they brought... As you would imagine, lots of meatballs with them. <laughs> uh, but I have a $25 gift card. I'll take caller number 11 at 215-263-WMMR. Guys, you want to impress your date with a nice home-cooked meal that looks like you made it? Bring your own pot to Meatball You. They won't tell anybody that you didn't cook dinner for yourself, and they'll set you up. It's B-Y-O-P-T. And that's like a kitchen pot, not, yeah. not gone. Yeah, you don't bring your weed with yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. That's the number we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Scheduled to have actress Anya Taylor-Joy here in our studio. And a few other guests, too. We'll be back in a moment. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic. From 93.3 WMMR and Pacifico Beer. Friday, March 6th at Jack Frost Mountain. Where the snow comes first. The sled-deemed best design scores a $2,000 cash prize. The best Live Live Anchors Up theme scores $500 and beer for a year from Pacifico. Sprint has $500 for the fastest sled. There's $300 for the coolest Jose Cuero. And some more of a gag gift for Preston and Steve's favorite fail. Mandatory sled registration through March 1st at WMMR.com. MMR VIPs, there's still time to save money on those lift tickets. The pre-sale price is just $20, but only till noon, March 4th, or while supplies last at WMF. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic at Jack Frost Mountain. Sponsored by Chorus Photography and Sprint. Brighter future for all. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 
uh, we've only known our, our next guest for about five minutes, and I think we're already really great friends. <laughs> uh, for a number of reasons, she's very, very sweet. Uh, she's a very talented actress, and she loves Philadelphia. Well, those are the three checks right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Please welcome in to promote the film Emma, which is going to be in, in theaters uh, March 6th, Anya Taylor Joy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Good morning. Good morning. Can I just say, Kathy, that was impressive watching you do that. I thought I could talk fast and I could keep it all together, but damn, girl, that was amazing. Thank you. Every, we've had everyone, actors come in and they are very impressed with their reeling off traffic. Maybe that's the role that will win you the Oscar. I mean, I was just like, whoa, yeah. my jaw was just dropping to the ground. <laughs> traffic reporter. Uh, but it's great to have you here. We've been longtime fans. I, I go back to the movie The Witch, which is one of my all-time favorites. I love this movie. I've told oh. these guys about it. And, and and obviously your work with M. Night Shyamalan on uh, Split and Glass. But this, Emma, uh, this is a story that's been told before, but it's something about Jane Austen is timeless. And, and you can tell the story over and over again. And what drew you to this project? Well, first they wanted me, so that was a good place that's to That's a good place. They yeah. were like, do you want to do this yeah. movie? Um, no, but you're completely right. It is timeless. And there's something about her stories where... People can still relate to them, no matter you know how many years go by. You can still find something that connects you to the characters, and Emma in particular. Austin said that she had written a character that no one but herself would much like, and I just thought that was so interesting. I don't, I don't get that. I always thought, and I'm familiar with the work in the story. I always thought she would seem like a person who was learning, you know, like like like. She was becoming a better person. You know, it's like she... Well, you're a very good person. That's a very (laughs) empathetic way of seeing it. No, Mm -hmm. and I completely agree. I just think in... I've never seen any other iterations of Emma other than Clueless, which is a phenomenal film. Right. Um, But I think in period drama, sometimes female characters in particular are just charming. Right. They're just charming and lovely and light and frolic around in fields. And I wanted to show a portrait of a young girl who's learning how to, you know, basically not be so arrogant all the time and she has to go through that progression but she has all the things in place that could make her arrogant she's rich and she's uh, attractive and everyone's wanting after her but she has doesn't really want she 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 pairs up friends and and sort of manipulates she has her her best friends yeah but um but there's there's that dynamic i was reading an interview with you where you said you know in in an age of cancel culture she's um she's actually taking the lessons that she's hearing and and incorporates them and learns from them and grows. We always, we, we had a, you know, any story, and we, talk, we were just talking about this with uh, Gavin uh, O'Connor, the director, uh, with the movie that he has out. We, we, we love uh, stories, I wouldn't say it's reclamation, but where someone can better, when, when someone can transform for the better. Redemption. We love, yes, redemption it's stories. It's a redemption story, completely. And I think the issue with Emma is if you don't have moments, especially at the beginning of the film, where you want to reach in as an audience member and shake her and be like, what are you doing with your life? Right. You don't get the payoff at the end of it, which is that she does grow up. And just to clarify, this is not the taming of the shrew. No. It's not like Emma ends up a completely different person and no. stops being, you know, sassy and, and spiky in her in certain ways. Deliciously witty, I like to call her. Um, but she does grow from it. She's grown by the end of it, and I think that's really special. So your your director, who, who is supposed to be with us today, but is not because she's under the weather, Autumn DeWild. Mm-hmm. So she comes from, um, I love, she she has a, uh, uh, she's a portrait artist and photographer, and, and, and so she, she has, when you have a period piece and you have someone who is uh, very visually acute, 
you get a great product. But like I think of a Stanley Kubrick with Barry Lyndon. Who, yeah. You know, so we actually have the Barry Lyndon couch in our oh, film. Oh, do and you? The day that that happened, we were all just like, oh, "It's the Barry Lyndon couch. This is meant to be." <laughs> It's it's a cool thing, but I know you are also a fan of uh, fashion, mm-hmm. and you were trying to perhaps convince them to let you leave with some of the wardrobe. Yes, <laughs> um, that did not. I was just dropping hints. I was like, I could wear this pe- like pesky coat with my Doc Martens, and it would look amazing. And they were like, Yeah, it's really expensive. You're not any of this. <laughs> I'm always surprised that the actors don't get dibs on that. Stuff. I mean, come on. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's all good. I got to wear it in the film, and actually, it was really interesting as Emma because she's a character. I kind of learned to love fashion through this character. She really loves her clothes, and it informed my acting in a completely different way because. If I was wearing a coat that had a really spectacular back, I would suddenly find myself delivering my lines like, over the shoulder in the way that the character would. But you're not—you don't describe yourself as method, but you—you—you you, you say it is kind of weird to 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 be in a character like that and not sort of carry it with you, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you're spending 17 hours a day thinking, breathing, walking right. like this other human being, and then when you go home, you're just desperate to get something like some food in your mouth and then go to sleep. Um, Were you putting on airs? Were you ordering in a very real <laughs> way when you went to Burger King or something or <laughs> no but it's it's more that um yeah I have a very interesting relationship with my characters but I've always the one thing I've always had with them is that I love them and I always defend them even if they're doing I mean I've played some pretty shady people in the past and I've always defended them with Emma I felt so close to her almost like she was a twin sister that there would be days where I'd go up to awesome our director and say I just don't like her right, right now I'm struggling to do this and I'm, I'm struggling to feel this way and she was she would be very kind and just say well it's because you have such high expectations for her i think you have to i think yeah. like the, to me the best villains are always the ones and not that emma's a villain but the, the best villains always seem to have they believe they have truth and right on their side mm-hmm. because they, they you know like uh, in the scale they believe they're doing right and so that makes them more, more, you know, instead of like a mustache twirling, you yeah. know, it's easy. You can do a, a, a one level villain or you can do somebody who's complex. And I, and I think that makes it interesting. So for, for you to sort of look at the different levels of Emma, uh, I think is, is cool because the last portrayal was what, Gwyneth Paltrow was the last, I guess. Yes. Which yeah. I haven't seen because I think that would really freak me out. But, um, <laughs> but what you were just talking about, I learned this recently and I love it. It's called um, in filmmaking, the save the cat moment, which okay. is where a villain you know uh does commits an atrocity like kills a whole bunch of people and then as he's walking home he stops and saves a cat that's gotten caught up a tree and all of a sudden you're way more switched on to who that person is because you're like wait but how can these polarities exist in a human yeah i love that because you can get more invested in someone because i think if you can sort of see like even with with Thanos, if you're taking the large, <laughs> as, as massive a universal villain as you could possibly get, mm-hmm. he, I would really, you know, the, he was he's, he his had heart his, was in the he right had place. his good he's dad trying mark. to bring balance to the universe, <laughs> right? Right? Guys. You know, it's, it's, there are hungry people out there. I mean, yeah, come on, you know, I'm sure on a population control. Yeah, get him in a party. He probably was had a couple of good jokes. I mean, but, I think the end result we would all like to have balance in the universe. We just have different ways of going about it. I right. don't think you need to kill half the entities in you the do universe not. to do that. But but that's another story. Is Thanos in this movie? <laughs> no. Unfortunately not. I think he would make a great playmate. I think can you can you tell us a story about how you got discovered? Because you almost didn't. You you thought you were being stalked? 
Yeah, it was. Um, I'm going to preface all of this by saying I was watching a lot of 24 at the time. So, like, I very much felt like, okay, this is all happening in my head. But um, great show, by the way. I was I was 16 and I was wearing heels for the first time because I wanted to practice because I was going to a party. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and I was walking my dog, and this black car started following me, and I was like, "There's no way." Like, this doesn't happen. And then I changed direction and picked up speed, and the car did follow me. So I was like, right, okay, like, it's time. Pick up the dog and run. And this guy stuck his head out the window and said, if you stop, you won't regret it. And I stopped. Oh, boy. Which is the dumbest thing (laughs) I have ever done. But it all worked out. It was the head of a modeling agency. And by the way, if somebody yells at you to not stop because you won't regret it, keep running. (laughs) Don't take this as advice. This is not this story. Uh, So your first movie, as I said before, was was Witch, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, uh, which is a fascinating movie because uh, the the dialogue is is done... uh, at least my understanding is a great deal of the the script from the movie is taken from actual court proceedings of the time. Like that, yeah. the dialogue is very true to the the, the time period. Uh, and it's it's. Um, are you surprised by the cult status that movie has achieved? Uh, I mean, I think we're all. It's it was such a strange experience because we all felt very fated to be there, and we've all remained a very tight knit family. But whilst we were doing it, we just thought oh my goodness, this is amazing, but we love it because we're weird. Yeah. Like, this is why we're all so into this Were film. you into supernatural stuff and things of that nature? Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah like, it's it's a massive coincidence that my first movie is called The Witch. Like, I was, <laughs> I was deep in there years before. Um, but yeah, we went to Sundance and seeing the reaction that it got from the first time we saw it with an audience, it, it still amazes me and it has such a special place in my heart that anytime someone mentions it, I just sort of like brim with joy yeah <laughs> no rightfully so and it's one hopefully more people can get turned on to because mm-hmm. it's it's you know the, the cult is strong for that one well awesome our director said that she watched the witch and that's what made her want me to do emma and I'm really? like, only you could watch me hack my mother to death and think that's the girl to be in jane austen <laughs> like i see that did did you get on night Shyamalan's uh radar through witch as well or no he no? hadn't seen that film we actually met in new york and um i don't i just auditioned for the role and i don't have a home so I showed up to the casting director's place with, like, two giant bags and everything <laughs> falling all over the place. And he was like, her. She uh, seems like a stable human being. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll make the movie with her. Nice. You were so so good in, 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 uh, in Split as well. And, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I don't know how you do it because you have an accent, obviously, now. And yet you're uh, yeah, uh, the... You know, I would have thought you were from Philly, damn it, in the movie. You were, you. you were so, so, so good. Uh, but that is an intense, you know, and we know Knight's work is is amazing. And he's he's such an, you know, a storyteller. Mm-hmm. But you, you had that, that close quarters sort of captive thing. And on that set, what did he do? And what was your method of, of that contained prisoner vibe? Was it was it hard to deal with that? Was that intense? A uh, misconception about horror movies is that or psychological thrillers is whilst you're making them you have to be in that state of mind it's actually the direct opposite because you're in such an intense place everything around you tends to be a lot lighter and a lot more full of support because otherwise what are you doing there like you're just torturing yourself for hours right um but Knight changed so much about the way that i act he taught me to act from a place of empathy and i really see my acting as pre-split and post-split really yeah okay big time um Especially when it comes to crying. This sounds really crazy, but, like, I did a scene as Casey, and I, like, sobbed my heart out, and he came up to me and said, that was really beautiful, but I've seen you cry as Anya, and it's the same tears. Like, don't be selfish. Give the character her own tears. 
and that blew my mind. Wow. And that has followed me ever since. What did you learn from uh, James McAvoy on that movie? I mean, James. Like, he's the most <laughs> unbelievable actor, and he's such a good human being. And something that I will always be grateful for is neither of us are method. So we could support each other as friends outside of the scenes and then jump in. No, because, like, originally we were thinking about having a method actor for the role, and I was really excited about it. And then I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do that for three months. I think it would be exhausting to be around someone who was... um, Who thought he was kidnapping me? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm lucky enough to... We all have met him a couple of times. He's the sweetest, nicest guy on the planet. But that movie, he's obviously a psychopath. He's he's terrifying. Um, It's nice to know that he was not that way on set. No, he was so wonderful. Um, And the only thing I had to keep reminding myself is... Obviously, you want to be present there as a character. But when somebody's doing such an incredible performance, like five centimeters away from your face, you're like, wow, like, this is amazing. And then you're just like, Anya, you're acting in the movie too. Anya, you're acting <laughs> in the movie too. Like, like if, you, if you're there eating popcorn and watching, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, a like, ba- wow, James, this is amazing. <laughs> this is totally awesome. <laughs> Can't wait to see the movie. Uh, about your personal life, you've had a really interesting uh, upbringing. I mean, you, you were born in the States, mm-hmm. uh, moved to Argentina, lived there, yeah. and then grew up in London. Yeah. Um, why, why was that? Uh, uh, why was your family moving around like that? Um, well, the majority of my family is still over in Argentina. I've got a very big Latin family, and we're from all over the place, but we kind of stuck it out in Argentina. And then when I was six, the political situation got, you know, quite frightening, and my parents decided to move us to London and then I started making movies, so I haven't really had a home since I was 18. Um, that's the last time I had a stable base. Wow. But that, that that had to make you independent. I mean, that, that yeah. fosters your, that probably helps inform your acting as well, to, to, to be able to think on your feet and all that. Yes. Oh, completely. I also think um, I really struggled with the concept of home because I've always been too Argentine to be English, too English to be Argentine, you know, too American to be anything else. And <laughs> yeah. so it's... I now find that home is actually within me, which sounds really hippy dippy and crazy, but it actually was a huge revelation for me. Were well, you, if you were sorry, if you ahead. were born in the United States, it's a, a wiki. I don't know if it's correct. Says that your citizenship is only the UK and Argentina. Uh, UK, America. Uh, it is, America. and then okay. I have Argentine citizenship. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, and and the rumor has it that you 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 gleaned a lot of your uh, English from Harry Potter. Yes. And that is true. <laughs> so you're a big Harry Potter fan. I am, but it was actually it was bred out of the need. When I was six, I refused to learn English until I was eight because I was convinced if I didn't speak the language of my new country, my parents would have to take me home. And oh. so I was, like, really sticking it out. Right. And then I turned eight and realized I had no friends and I couldn't keep playing, like, hand clap games with plants. So I started reading <laughs> Harry Potter and that, yeah. That you're off, you're off and running. Have you gone to the theme parks, uh, the Universal? Yes. And, yes. Oh, my They're God. Amazing. I, Steve just went for the first time. I, I, it's amazing. Went, I thought I was going to be, hey, this is going to be cool. And then you walk through into Diagon Alley and you're like, oh, my God. I'm here. Um, there's the um, in the place where they actually shot the films in England. There's still a like an exhibition on right. there. Yeah. And at some point, you go through the doors, and there's like a real life Hogwarts. And I just burst into tears, and I felt really embarrassed. And then the woman behind the door was like, "I oh, don't worry, honey. It happens all the time. Like sure. it's fine." Yeah, you were. I was seeing my wife and I were looking at tourists walking through and and stopping and crying the same thing because it has that that sort of impact. Well, for a lot of people, it's their entire childhood. Like think about how long these books and these movies have spanned. Yeah. Yeah. Or adulthood. Or adulthood. I wanted to ask how important music is uh, to you because I know uh, that you you set up sort of playlists, is my understanding, yeah. uh, for different roles and that Hall & Oates figured prominently in Emma. 
Yes, uh, Rich Girl, Hall of right. Notes. That was my go-to song. I have, I make playlists for each of my characters, and the Emma playlist was really, like, it was so varied. It had from Hall of Notes to the love theme from the animated Robin Hood that made Marion sing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it goes all the way through all the of Disney that. The Disney one? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it helped. If you, you haven't seen the movie yet, have you? Uh, Emma no. or the Disney Emma. Robin Hood? No. no. I haven't seen it. Okay, when yet. you see it, it will make a lot of sense. Okay. Um, right. do, but, so do you, you, you have in mind what you think you would want would you know you you lay out like a like a a playlist ahead of time and you go in or as, as the movie's progressing you start as you're filming you start to add songs yeah or? I start with like six or seven songs and then as I'm filming I keep adding them too that makes sense that's yeah. a great idea because it, it, mood is is so driven by music I think that's uh, you know this way uh, we're friends with Michael Giacchino who is uh, mm-hmm. the composer and and he's great and the way he puts together soundtracks. You know, he, he he sort of goes in with with a general idea and and you know tries to capture the visceral feel of the movie before he's ever even actually seen the movie. And so, uh, you know, it, it's it's an interesting way, but music is an integral part. I could see that really helping you. Oh, completely. And if you have you ever listened to Dan Romer's Beasts of the Southern Wilds? No, I have not. So I'm a big movie soundtrack them. person. Yeah, yeah. That soundtrack was all the witch. Like before, I even <laughs> really? realized what I was doing. I was just walking around to that soundtrack consistently, and even now, if I put it on, I literally feel like the ghost of Thomason, like <laughs> come <laughs> upon me, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm back. What's your favorite soundtrack of all time? I'm going to throw that at you. Oh god, I mean, oh that's so stressful. Or who, the soundtrack who are your favorite doesn't... soundtrack artists? Or who you, like? I, I love. Uh, there's a guy I love, Jerry Goldsmith, mm-hmm. James Horton. Um, uh, the collection of songs, I don't know if it exists. I feel like it's urban legend, but the almost famous collection of songs mm-hmm. right. that goes on in that film, I've never owned it on vinyl or anything like that, the but CD's I know in my it car exists. Right now. No way, <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. It's one of the best. Where did you get it from? I've been searching for it forever. Well, it's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Me and too. We're yeah. also way older than you, and <laughs> uh, we used to listen to our, our music have, on CD. My car has a CD player, so that's, yeah. you know. My car has a record player. I Nick, send something down guys, to your, come on. Okay. Send an intern down to your car and grab right. it, and maybe we can burn it by the time the interview's yeah. over and give it to uh, Anya. Yeah, they're not doing anything. Yeah, they're not doing anything. Oh, no, are you being serious? Yeah, we'll get it for you. I've wanted it since I was like 16. Like, this is a big deal for me. (laughs) We'll see if we can can burn that copy for you. Oh, thanks. Uh, Was that uh, the idea to inform your character or help to to boost that? Uh, Was that your own idea of using music, or did you pick that up from somebody else? No, I just, well, the first time I ever went into an audition, I remember seeing a whole bunch of other girls around me, and they were all taking notes and doing all this thing, and I was like, Oh, so that's how you act. You act like kind of office style and you make notes and like you act in front of the mirror. And then I tried it and I was like, this just doesn't work for me. Like it's not how I, it's not how I function. I function through emotion and I find that music, I mean, if something can get me to cry in 15 seconds or less, it's music. Did you have any formal training? No. No kidding. So this guy, so this car pulls up and says, (laughs) yeah. So this car pulls up and, and says, you know, is it a modeling agency and kind of steers you in the, that direction? Or? Yes, okay. but um, I've got a funny story about that. So uh, my dad went to university in the States and for his anniversary, they had the Beach Boys come and play. And I've been a Beach Boys fan since forever. And so I was right at the front. I couldn't believe it. It was Mike Love. And I'm like losing it. And then he suddenly stops the concert and he goes, there's like a little girl. She must be 14 years old. And she knows all the words to our songs. I wow. want to invite her up on stage no. to sing with us. And the guitarist, like, gives me the guitar. I'm like, I don't know how to play the guitar. And he's like, just air guitar. It's going to be fine. And he filmed the whole thing. And it was, like, 
still possibly the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> and so when I went into the modeling agency, I said, look, I've never, I don't know if I can model. I don't know if that's a thing, but I do want to be an actor. And if you can believe that I'm playing guitar in this video that I'm about to show you, <laughs> you know I can do it. And I showed that to them and, and they took me on. The, <laughs> so there's two movies I can recommend. I mean, did you, did you see the with the... It's John Cusack as, as Brian Wilson. What's Nick? Oh, the, the, man, what is that? It's Love and Mercy. What, Love Paul? and Mercy. Oh, yes, it's mm-hmm. so it's good. So Paul good. Dana is sensational. And then there's a documentary on a group of musicians who worked a lot with the Beach Boys, uh, and Brian Wilson specifically called The Wrecking Crew, about these artists who worked with Brian Wilson, and they, the way they talk about his genius It'll blow your... So if you're a big Beach Boys yes, fan, it will rock your world. And if you're a big Beach Boys fan, have you ever heard of a band called Fleet Foxes? Yes, I okay. love them. Montezuma's like yeah. ace. So <laughs> the lead singer from that band was a huge Beach Boys fan, and you can actually hear... Like, if you, if you were to listen to, like, Mykonos and uh, 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 drop, Drops in the in the Water, mm-hmm. the, you can hear, I think, you can hear Beach Boys. Uh, I never thought about it. You've done some video work, though. Right. You, you, you were, you're in a Skrillex video, yes. I believe. And, and Hosier as well. Yeah. yeah. Both wonderful people. I mean, the Skrillex one was nuts. That's like, a we... wild video. Because you, you're, you're a classically trained dancer, or are you not? A... I, yeah, I used to be. I'd love to get back into it. Because that's very interpretive dance in that, in that video, right? Yeah, well, that gang of dancers... They're called Bone Breakers, and they're, like, <laughs> genuinely the coolest people I've ever been around. That's like, pretty wild. They're so awesome. Speaking of cool, you have, um, you're, you're entering the uh, the Marvel universe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, uh, the, uh, the, the new mutants. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and when is that, when is that out? That's out in April. I have five movies coming out this That's year, crazy. which is, like, I mean, my head is, I'm trying to focus on one at a time, but yeah, so New Mutants comes out in April, and then I've got Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho in September. Which is a horror thriller, is it not? Yeah. Oh, your face. Well, we love Edgar Wright. We we love the way he makes movies. Mm -hmm. He's great. We've had him in there a couple times, and he's he's awesome. Well, he choreographs to music, which is so helpful, because I act in beats, and he directs in beats, so we get along really well. That's very cool. Well, look at you. The career's on fire. It's it's a good time. Emma's getting very good reviews. Uh, and, and again, for people who think who are put off by Jane Austen's very approachable. It's very, it, 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 as we said at the beginning of this uh, yeah. interview, it's, it's timeless and it speaks to people. That's why it remains so popular, because the message is always relevant. But also it's funny. People don't seem to associate Jane Austen with funny. And yeah. it's like, guys... Like, they're still human beings. Like, they're, they still find the same things amusing 200 years ago as we do today. And right. I think we've added this wit and this flair that's always been there but has maybe been overlooked. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the film opens on the 6th, so make sure that you do get out and see it. And uh, thanks for coming by here today. Thank you so we're much. G- we're glad you love Philadelphia, that you spent time here and yeah. have, uh, appreciate this area. So, uh, good luck with everything. Emma in theaters, March 6th. It is Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We'll take a break and be back in just a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, we have another guest in the studio, but before we meet that guest, we are going to do the Bizarre File. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by McGuff Bus Company. If you're looking to earn extra income in your retirement, McGuff Bus Company is hiring for part-time afternoon drivers with a valid New Jersey CDL. Continue to have a rewarding career with a flexible schedule to fit around your life. McGuffBus.com. We'll start with this. Tragedy 
In New Orleans, the second time in the same week, a person was killed when they were run over by a Mardi Gras float during a parade in New Orleans. Two times I this know. happened. That's kind of an issue then. Yeah. Uh, they confirmed that uh, a man was killed on Saturday when he was struck as the crew of Endminion was rolling through Mid-City on its way to downtown New Orleans. The thing uh, was going a mile and a half an hour, so... The family has identified the man killed as 58-year-old Joe Sampson. The parade was canceled after that. And then the first accident, it actually happened on Wednesday. How does that happen? During the crew of Nick's parade, Uptown officials... Well, this is how this one happened. Officials said a 58-year-old woman was killed when she was rolled over by a float in the parade. Witnesses at the scene have said... That she was crossing through the middle section of a tandem float, uh, and I guess she tripped, or I don't know what happened. I mean, even though they're moving slowly. Yeah, if you get caught, you get caught. You you can get caught there, and uh, it it, it killed her right then and there on the spot. Police have uh, released few details in the investigation, but two times. There there hasn't been a death of that nature since 2008. Uh, that someone was killed by a float. It happens rarely from time to time, but two times in one year, that's pretty bad. A man reportedly sawed off his own leg while he was on the zombie drug Spice. Uh, shocking pictures appear to show the man with a tourniquet wrapped around a bloody stump after he reportedly cut his left leg off above the knee. Oh, dear. The bizarre scene unfold uh, that unfolded took place in a western Russian city. I must have been so loopy. Uh, pictured she- <laughs> shared on media show the man as he lies in a hospital gurney after doctors apparently battled to stem the blood and save his life. Ah, I got to own this one. I did it. Uh, according to reports, the man carried out the self-amputation after consuming spice along with a cocktail of painkillers. You know, spice used to pop up a lot more in the news. That's where was that the the, the cannibal the cannibal thing, right? Where they uh, oh, was no, the guy was... on spice. Remember, no, he was on the overpass no. eating some bath salt. Bath salt. That was it. That's that oh, was. they're all wonderful. Yeah. Uh, local media report the man was initially rushed into intensive care. Medics battled to save his life. Uh, images reportedly taken when the man was being moved to a general ward, but it's it's nasty looking. I saw the photos. All right, a little less grisly than Please. that. A microwaved package of Oreos started a fire in a motorhome on Tuesday in Florida. Oh, this is everything you're looking bitch. for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just microwaving some Oreos. Someone put the entire package into the microwave and started cooking. Well, the package contained small amounts of metal in the printing and the metal sparked, causing a fire in the microwave that spread through the vent into the control panel and Any darn fool knows you microwave the cookies separately. Throughout the rest of the motorhome. And by the way, I've never wanted my Oreos hot. No. I mean, chocolate chip cookies, oatmeal cookies. Live in a trailer park for a while. You'll hey, be you eating those I, Oreo cookies up right. in no time. <laughs> there, uh, there was heavy damage to the home, but no one was injured in the incident. Well, we've had many Florida man stories, but Florida man may have met his match with Arizona man. Oh, oh. is this really competition now? It may be. Jackson Brad Hanley Jr. was excited to be celebrating four months of sobriety. Yeah. So he kicked off the festivities by getting drunk and allegedly stealing a uh, Kawasaki motorcycle from a local dealership. Okay. But it's even better. Hanley rode his bicycle over to a local Kawasaki dealer in the middle of the day, then proceeded to calmly walk off with a Kawi in the showroom and out the front door. Now, th- there's no news report that claims that he tried to ride it. He did steal it and walk with it for a while, though. He just took it out for a walk. He just pushed it around for a little while. Yeah. Officers found uh, Hanley with the bike nearby, tipped over onto a fence. 
And that managed to hold it upright. The dealership later estimated the scrape with the law had caused around $3,500 in damage to the exhaust. Four months sober. Yeah, Hanley told police that he was excited to be celebrating four months sobriety, so he came up with a brilliant plan to go get the motorcycle he wanted after first drinking a bunch of Moscato and vodka at home. Yeah. Uh, the plan was he was going to wheel the bike back to his house and then started at a safe distance from the stuff. Well, listen, if you can't have a few pops for sobriety, yeah, what can you do? All right, what happens when you combine slow drive-through service and drunk drivers? You get a nap. Two drunken drivers, two separate ones, all right, were arrested February 15th after police officers found them asleep in their cars at a local McDonald's drive-through. The drivers did not know each other, but they both admitted to having a couple of drinks. <laughs> One of the drivers' blood alcohol level was .16. That's uh, double the legal limit. The other had a .13. Uh, police received a 911 emergency call from the McDonald's around 3 a.m. The dispatcher in the video says, uh, what's going on there? The employee <laughs> says, nothing. Just got like three people asleep in the drive-thru. They're so adorable. The dispatcher said, what? And then the employee says, they are asleep, asleep in the drive-thru. <laughs> According to police officers, uh, they then arrived on the scene, woke the two drivers up, and obviously they were arrested. Wake up. Wake up, sunshine. Yep. All right, and there you go. We are going to wrap up the bizarre file there. But we're going to dive into another sort of bizarre file story. Involves Kathy's family. Imagine that. (laughs) You can always (laughs) find a story in my family. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we heard about her father finding a long-lost brother, and uh, there's going to be a feature tonight on NBC10 at 11 o'clock at his DNA Secrets Reveal. Please welcome anchor Jim Rosenfield. Thanks, guys. To the show this morning. Thank you so much. How you doing, Jim? I'm great. Excellent. So you've you've covered a number of these stories, correct? Well, so last fall we did a couple of stories uh, that were even more bizarre than Kathy's story, really, uh, involving two separate families, a woman who found out after 50 years that her father was not her father, mm-hmm. and her mother had kept that secret from her for, for all that time. Is this, and, all, is this all a product of the, the 23andMe, the Ancestry.com, all that so, stuff? Yes, so... There are millions of people who take these home DNA tests. And 26 it's happened- million people by some count. 26 million. Yeah. So obviously, and in a country of what, 330, 35 million, there, there are still many stories to be had. Absolutely. There's, there's one study that found a quarter of the people who took these tests found these kinds of unknown relatives or family surprises. A quarter. Yeah, a quarter. So it, it, and it, it's, it, and we've talked about the double-edged sword nature of this because... There, there can be wonderful things, but there can also be, oh, my God. A lot of people take the test, as Kathy and her family did, to find out where's where are we from? How much, what percentage Italian am I? Right. Where in Ireland are we from? And we'll go visit that little village. But when you do that and you connect with other people who have also taken the test, you can connect with relatives you didn't know existed, which can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but sure can. if you find out things that were kept secret from mm-hmm. your family, not everybody in the family might want those secrets revealed. And remember years ago when we had that done, we all did it here. Yeah, it was and, through the Franklin Institute. Right, and remember yeah. they came in and they said to me, you need to be careful because you're you're so closely connected to people. Now, I don't know if it had anything to do with this or not, but remember they like warned me, be yeah. careful with, the, you know, there's secrets that are being revealed. And at the yeah. time I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. They were sort of handy, like, like oh, is, uh, here's yours, presence, here's yeah. yours, TV. Kathy, can we talk to you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we had a chance to talk to Kathy. It'll be on tonight at 11 o'clock and meet her family. Nice enough to invite us over for what was a family reunion with newfound relatives. Right. Um, you found out that you have an uncle that you didn't know about. 
thanks to your very adventurous <laughs> grandfather, right? Yes. <laughs> it was a race car. He was a star. Star. Yeah, and, Ralphie and, the racer. Right. And uh, we'll learn more about that, obviously. But she told the story that uh, he, uh, he, he played fast and loose with his uh, semen, apparently. And uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and so, the, but uh, I tell it differently tonight, yeah, 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 yeah. a little differently. Sure. <laughs> you actually use news terms. Yeah, uh, you probably say seminal people. fluid. <laughs> uh, but the the no, but the, the whole thing is 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 uh, it's just amazing because um, again, I get the impression uh, with this Jim that even though people know this is a potential that you're going to find there's something you you're not going to like, they still want to do it. There's there's that aspect to it. Are you, do you want to take the risk? Right. So and people seem to want to take the risk when you take the when you go onto the websites. They now have a warning. Yeah, you may find out information that. Oh really? You, oh, you, you have to yeah. You have yeah, to check it. Expect. You have to check the box off before you uh, hit accept to see your results. Yeah. And you checked it off. Obviously, That's sure. <laughs> Not knowing what you're going to no find. Problem, <laughs> no problem. So in in Kathy's case, um, mm-hmm. things seem to be at least from what you've told us, Kathy. It, it's been a happy occasion. Things yes. have been good with this. Yes, it has. And um, Brian, who is my my dad's new brother that we found out about, um, came over when when Jim was there. And yes, it is very much a uh, a happy situation. We're more than uh, you know happy to have them in our house. But I think that um, the story got a little bit more emotional than we thought it was going to. This was the second time we were meeting Brian. The first time um, was shortly after we found this out. Now it's been, um, there's been a little bit of time. Uh, Brian has researched a little more, found out some more. And so it was a little bit more emotional for Brian than we thought. So you, you, um, and you found out, uh, if I recall correctly, one of your newfound cousins listens to the show. Right. Uh, well, so so the, the the people that Brian works with, all the guys in his warehouse, they all listen to the show. So when he went, he was like, yeah, I don't know. She's some radio girl, Kathy Romano. And they were like, Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? He was like, yeah, she's my niece. So hi, everybody listening <laughs> in the extended family. Wow. He was very emotional yes. when, when we were all together. And that was surprising. And it was because he had finally met your grandfather. Yeah, so right? he, he did um, go down to Florida and meet my grandfather. My grandfather is still alive. He suffers from dementia. Okay. Um, but uh, he, I, I guess Brian wanted to, whether or not um, my grandfather would understand, Brian for himself wanted to go down. So yeah. he did, and I think that that's where the emotions were coming so from. So Brian had no idea who his father was? Um, no, no. he thought that the man that raised him was okay. his father. Okay. So he, he had a dad okay. growing up biologically. He thought it was his father. It was not. Okay. We all have uh, this need to find out. And I think that's why these things have taken off. Mm-hmm. Again, as for, for better or for worse, we all have this need to find out where we come from. The the So the the who provides the majority of the information? I've always understood it to be a lot of it comes from like the... the uh, the, the the Mormon archives and and uh, um, you know there's a there's a lot of they have a lot of a, it, a yes. huge amount. So is that the predominant source for information for this stuff? I, I think that's a lot of it, and and it's also dependent on how many of your blood relatives opt in to do the test. Yep. So and you the have more to that connect happens, with each other. And the oh, more okay. that happens, then those connections are made. And I have to say, my initial interest came from. My own family having one of these experiences, however, the relatives who are most closely connected to the surprise didn't want me to do a story on it publicly. They just felt it was uh, the person that it involved is is no longer with us. Right. They didn't want me to sort of go into detail because that person isn't isn't around to say, sure, sure. Go ahead, Jim. Talk about this on television. But it sparked my interest. And how many times has this happened to other people? It's mm-hmm. it's a fascinating thing, and you think about the early days of the internet press. Like when on, we always talk about when you would go on a search engine, and you couldn't find like a Google initially, but 
you couldn't find stuff. But as Google was used more and more and more information became available and more and more people were on it, that's what's happening here. As you said, more people are using it, meaning more access and more hits for your ancestry. It's interesting. I read that uh, one of these companies, 23andMe, is now involved in some layoffs, though. Because they're seeing a slowdown in the number of people who want to do this. Is it because of concerns about privacy um, and those kinds of issues are now cropping up? People learning that they might find out something they didn't want to know. So there may be a little bit of a pushback and a slowdown in, in, the, num- in the interest in doing this because of also concerns about the information being used by third parties, by police departments, huh. that kind of thing. What kind yeah. of, have we seen legal issues pop up because of these revelations? Absolutely, and it can get very complicated, mm-hmm. obviously. And in, in my family's case, you know, the initial reaction was, well, what is this person after? Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. And they were after nothing, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. They just yeah. wanted to know more about their medical history. Right. On a in a part of the family they didn't know about. That's another important sure. thing as well, knowing yeah. your, your medical background and what you might be susceptible to as well. Right. Uh, and now we're finding out more about uh, DNA connections with uh, cold cases and things like that. That's too. right. Right. Yeah. Right. And which is another reason why some people are a little cautious about doing the test because, you know, you can make connections to members of your family that you weren't intending to, you know, turn in necessarily. You found out that Kathy's mom murdered Jimmy Hoffa. No, <laughs> <laughs> Kathy's mom was very gracious to us now, when we visited. Jim, following this up, will you do a I Slept with a Celebrity uh, segment? Because Jim doesn't know that story. You don't know that story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wants to fill me in? Uh, my fa- So my father apparently uh, slept with Janis Joplin before he met my mother. What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, there's so many layers. Let's toss out tonight's special. <laughs> can we meet after the you show? Can do, you could do uh-huh. a month on her family alone. It's unbelievable the stuff that we did find she, out did about Did she write her. a song about him? Uh, Steve, uh, yeah, Steve yeah. joked that. What, what did you Me say? Me and Bobby McGee. Me, yeah. Yeah. Because my dad's name's Robert, so yeah. Bobby. Wow. She also had a, uh, a family uh, member who would conduct tours around the city in the trunk of his car. So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's a whole other. No. Yeah. So Somebody who lives the, in a box. So that was the. Sand. No, but what he's talking about, the trunk of the car was uh, a my other grandfather. So uh, the man that was in my dad's life um, after Ralph had, had gone away, uh, he was, I think, connected to the mob in some way and he put a uh, girl in the trunk of his car because she was teasing his daughter at school. <laughs> and he said, don't ever do it again. You know, I think we have a new segment on ABC <laughs> 10 do. News at 11. <laughs> yeah, the files. Uh, yeah. Jim, are you guys, uh, I, I don't know if you're going to continue on with it, with this. It, if so, are you asking for people to get in touch if they have interesting stories or are you at that, that point yet? Absolutely okay. open to talking to anybody. Um, it wasn't an, an intention to to do multiple parts over multiple months. But as the stories come out, mm. some of them are incredibly fascinating. And, and you know, some of them involve people we all know and listen to and, and love being part of their lives. So if somebody's out there who has an interesting story, I originally found people actually through a Facebook support group. Uh, there's a support, there's a group, support for people. group called DNA Surprises. Uh, well, there you go. That says all you need to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, the uh, the feature is on tonight, 11 o'clock, correct? It is. Yes. All right. You'll be able to see uh, the story of Kathy's dad and uh, finding out he had a brother he had no idea about, Kathy's uncle. It's all very, very interesting stuff. And I'm, I'm interested to see... How emotionally got uh, you know the new the new uncle and everything. Yeah. So uh, eleven o'clock on NBC ten. Thanks for coming in, Jim. Hey, thanks for having me. Nice to see you. It's here for him, guys. Jim Rosenfield. Yeah. We'll take a break and be back in just a second. Uh, as we do, take a break. 
Do I have? I have one of these left. Sorority night at the Flyers Ooh. game tonight. Ooh, I need one last person on board. We'll take call number 18 215-263-WMMR. Ladies only. Your guest has to be female as well. We're headed to the game this evening. Keep that in mind. We'll take that 18th caller and be back in a moment. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Second letter for our five-lettered word for Word of the Week prize coming up in a bit. We have this cool three-night, three-day drive-and-stay mini vacation for four at Smuggler's Notch in Vermont. Courtesy of Hyundai City, so that will be along momentarily. Uh, Tattoo Tuesday, we got to get a winner for that. Text the word tattoo to three nine three three three, and we'll also have your opportunity to uh, maybe grab something from Meatball U one more time before we're done for the day. In the meantime, a different prize to give away, and it is via our lesson question. We can now tell you what you actually win today. Remember, yesterday was a mystery prize. Yeah, we had to wait for the concert announcement. It is a pair of tickets to see Ro- Roger Waters. There is a second show added. Saturday, July 11th at the Wells Fargo Center. And that is the announcement that um, Jackson had made yesterday. So we're going to give away those tickets for this prize. All right. And I think I'm going to ask, we very rarely get to do this. Let's ask a question about one of our live live commercial reads this morning. (laughs) It was just a few minutes ago in Casey's Dunkin' Donuts commercial, What Does He Call Protein? (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. We don't get this opportunity open. But let's see if you were listening during the commercials. You're a true fan. Yeah. If you know the answer to this. In his Dunkin' Donuts commercial, what does Casey call protein? 215-263-WMMR. We're going to do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, Steve, what stories do we have today? Well, often controversial SNL star Pete Davidson announcing he's decided to adopt a baby. Davidson says he's very serious about adopting and has already had his lawyers write up a non-disclosure agreement for the baby. Oh, my God. Katy Perry collapsed outside of the American Idol set after a gas leak. Heroic firefighters immediately began chest compression and would not stop until Perry was safe back in her home waking up the next day. (laughs) And finally, John Sonny Franchisi Sr., a notorious Colombo crime family underboss, has died at the age of 103. Said one of his victims, quote, Sonny lived by the sword and died in a recliner after living over a century. <laughs> That's your Hollywood trash. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to today's lesson question during the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. What does Casey call protein? 215-263-WMMR, the number. I will go to Dave and see if we can get the answer. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Gadzooks, guys. Gadzooks, bud. All right, what does Casey call protein? Protein. Protein. <laughs> That's right, potato chip. <laughs> if you're going to have a slip, that was a perfect slip yeah. to have. Dave, I, I like this recovery the best of it all. <laughs> it's right, potato chip. All right. Dave, we're going to set you up with a pair of tickets to see Roger Wooders. The second show added Saturday, July 11th, Wells Fargo Center. This is not a drill North American tour performing in the round. And tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., Via Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com. The pre-sale is happening Thursday at 10 a.m. While supplies last, you can go to WMMR.com to get the password and details. 
and Pierre has another shot to win later on today. Let's get into music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah, All right, uh, Metallica has canceled its headlining performances at the Sonic Temple Festival in Columbus, Ohio. What? May 15th and 17th, and the Louder Than Life event in Louisville, Kentucky on September 18th and 20th so that James Hetfield can continue his recovery okay. after re-entering rehab last fall. Uh, so some fill-ins, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they got some good fill-ins, by okay. the way. Red Hot Chili Peppers will now headline Friday, May 17th. Tool will close the show on Sunday, May okay. 17th. Yep, those are good. Uh, joining Saturday night's uh, headliner, Slipknot. Hetfield posted an open letter on the official Metallica website in which he said about the canceled dates as part of my continuing effort to get and stay healthy. I have critical recovery events on those weekends that cannot be moved. I apologize to all our fans who have bought tickets for these festivals. We are working with the festival promoters to provide for refunds or exchanges. Your life is more important. I guess so. And maybe, yeah. you, you know, these programs also are, are like, look. We don't change anything right. for anybody. This is for your sobriety any and, yeah. reason. Exactly, yeah. and it has to be that way. Once you start bending things like that, it can be uh, uh, an issue. He said, my intent with this statement is saying I apologize to each of you. The reality is is that I have not prioritized my health in the past year of touring, and I now know that my mental health comes first. That might sound like a no-brainer for most of you, but I didn't want to let the Metallica team and family down, and I alone completely compromised myself. Uh, Looking on the brighter side, he said, my therapy is going well. It was absolutely necessary for me to look after my mental, physical, and spiritual health. He says it's always been a dream of his to have a monkey. Oh, wow. Yeah. Riding a horse. Or riding not a horse. A dog. (laughs) A dog. A dog. The musician stressed that Metallica will play all the other announced 2020 shows, including an April run in South America. Marilyn Manson has shared a cryptic image on his Instagram account that could be a hint that a new full-length album is on the way. Uh, The image of a frequency wave is accompanied by a Latin phrase and some curious hashtags as well. The caption, Omnis Certus Es Et Nunc Adit Me, roughly translates to All Deaf and Now You Hear Me, which could be a clue about new music. Two in the pink, one in the stink. And meanwhile, the hashtags 2020 and you have no idea what's coming also possibly point to the way toward new music. Uh, but just to throw us curveball, Manson has also included the tags Antichrist Superstar and Black Sabbath Born Again. Uh, the former refers to his 1996 breakthrough album, while the latter was Black Sabbath's 11th studio LP. Deftones drummer Abe Cunningham has confirmed in an interview with Australia's Mixdown that the band's follow-up to 2016's Gore album uh, is... Uh, currently being mixed for a tentative late 2020 release. It's great to be here with you tonight to rock and roll. My name is Al Gore, and uh, we're going to burn this bitch down. Cunningham explained we did things a little bit differently this time. We stretched everything out over the course of a couple of years rather than blasting through in one go. The process has been mixed, and with about a year-long break, uh, that we agreed upon, upon it. He said they're they're having a great time doing it. Uh, Deftones will embark on a North American headlining tour this summer. And then one last thing. Following their North American tour last summer, Judas Priest have announced a 50th anniversary tour. 50th anniversary. That's what I thought, too. 
Uh, it's titled the Heavy Metal Years Tour, the 50 Heavy Metal Years Tour. The band, which formed in 1970, will kick off the tour in Maryland on September 9th. Uh, Judas Priest are primed and ready to deliver the goods, their statement said, with our 50 Heavy Metal Years Anniversary Celebration stage show spectacular. Brought to you by Blue Emu. Uh, <laughs> Before- oh, thank God. Supporters, Blue Emu. Uh, it gets rid of muscle soreness, but you don't stink. Performing a blistering cross-section of songs from our lives in metal. We can't wait to... We can't wait to wait to raise horns with you again at this once in a metal lifetime event. Also, first alert and sit up. The yes. only time you can sit up in. That's <laughs> Steve. Yeah, that little attachment that you use in the door of your car so you can pull yourself out. I don't know what. So that's you can pull about. yourself up. You stick it in where the lock goes, and you pull yourself out all rock and roll like. <laughs> rock and roll. Rock and roll. Standing up the normal ways for pussies. <laughs> uh, Complete motor control is so overrated. Uh, they're going to be in Philadelphia at the Man Center September 4th. I think I'd like to go to this. Yeah. He's so cool. He, dude, I, I love him. <laughs> He is, he is the absolute best. Early dinner, early dinner. <laughs> Two o'clock, I'm eating my dinner. <laughs> Breaking my balls. Uh. Breaking my balls, getting out of the car. Falling down on the burning tar. It's an interesting choice for the venue, uh, The Man. I don't think of a lot of heavy metal shows at The Man Music Center. You know, uh. it's more of a chill vibe. Well, Nick, they have an easy access. <laughs> Losing area in the back, which is totally rock and roll. You're right. Rob Halford. He is the mister. He's a metal god. No, He's point. awesome. He is. All right, and that's it. That's all I got in music news for you. Uh, let me see. Uh, did we give all these away? I think I'm done with Meatball U. Did we give away all the meat? Wait, we got one left, Preston. Oh, God. Uh, let's give away our last $25 gift card for Meatball U. Yeah. Uh, caller number 6 at 215-263-WMMR. Uh, we're going to set you up with that. They let's are call this a scholarship. 30 South High Street, Westchester, PA, MeatballU.com. Nothing but meatballs. I think really good meatballs. They're really good. Yeah. So I think if you, uh, to Kathy's point... And what do you just bring your like a pot in? And you can, yeah. I mean, listen. The, the restaurant is very nice. We we went and yeah. sat there. It's actually a gorgeous place. They've done a really nice job with it. But yes, if you just want to run in with your pot, they will fill it with meatballs, and you can go home yeah. and have dinner. Bring your pot from home, yeah. and they'll fill it up for you. Steve, that is a brilliant idea. Instead of gift cards, call them scholarships. I like yeah, twenty five dollars scholarship to meatball you. That's brilliant. Caller six, you get it. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Get ready to wrap flangs up with uh, Pierre. Saturday, Word of the Week prize. Stay with us. We'll return shortly. Ah, springtime is in the air early. As we fantasize of riffs and rock outdoors on the lawn. Get set for MMRBQ 2020. Saturday, May 16th at BB&T Pavilion. Oh, wow. Disturbed. Royal Blood. The Pretty Reckless. Sublime with Rome. The best value in rock. Nine bands for just 50 bucks. Also appearing. Puddle of Mud. Probot. Dirty Honey. 
Mongolian metalheads, The Who, and Jackson's local shots opener, Foxtrot and The Get Down. Saturday, May 16th, BB&T Pavilion. Tickets on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. What a chock full Tuesday, by the way. And we're not done yet. We still got to get a Tattoo Tuesday winner. Case, can you scare me that, uh, up yeah, a, uh, we'll a winner for Tattoo Tuesday? Scoop me up, protein. Yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks, bro, Tato Chip. Oh, my God. Uh, I do uh, want to do... Protein shake. Oh, man. I just recovered so seamlessly during that commercial. I was just so impressed with myself. I'm sure you were. Yeah. All right. You need to pleasure yourself. It'll <clears throat> happen. Just give me a few hours. Preston, uh, yeah. this is for you. Ah, okay. All right. I was going to do something else, but that's okay. We'll go with this now. Here, let me take that away. <laughs> Put that over there for a second. Seamless. A lot of people say, how does the show work? And sometimes we like to peel back the curtain and show that it doesn't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's how we peel back yeah. the curtain here. <laughs> to show you that, we, that it doesn't work. <laughs> now, we do have a winner for Tattoos Day. It's Ed Winners of... Uh, Where's our music? Of Shillington, Pennsylvania. All right, Ed. It's up towards the uh, Poconos. Congratulations, Ed. We are going to give you a three hundred fifty dollars gift certificate for world famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo, uh, and they are located at six twenty one South Fourth Street in South Philadelphia. You can get tattooed by the area's top tattoo artists like Don Juan, and you can see his work on Instagram at Don Juan Tattoos or PhiladelphiaEddiesTattoo.com. I got pulled over in Chillington one time. That's how I know that. Oh, no kidding? Yeah, driving home from school. Yeah, that's yeah. an awful party ponytail you got, <laughs> son. <laughs> Pretty accurate. Uh, I want to thank Jim Jackson for being on the show. Yeah. JJ uh, is going to do a special favor for us tonight. We're going to the Flyers game. We'll be in attendance with our sorority sisters. Uh, but Jim, during the telecast of the game, is going to say a secret phrase. Uh, yeah, we told him uh, somebody peel some shrimp because this, what, what was it? This gumbo's just getting started. This gumbo's just getting started. <laughs> when you hear him say that while you watch the game, make note of the time of day that it is. Not the, not the game clock, but what time it is. Tomorrow morning, we'll ask for a designated caller to tell us what time that happened. And we'll give away tickets to a future game. Uh, we're going to be there tonight, so very much looking forward to that. Um, and I think it's safe to say that we all felt deeply in love oh with God. Anya Taylor-Joy, who is here. Um, she is not only just a beautiful little porcelain doll, gorgeous. Yeah. She was sweet as could possibly cool, be. smart, funny, yeah. talented. And, uh, Everything you want. Yeah. yeah. And the movie uh, that she was promoting is Emma, which is uh, Jane Austen, and it's in theaters. On March 6th, she was so cool. So. And I honestly, if you get a chance, watch the movie The Witch. It's yeah. not like anything you've ever seen before. And it's, it'll seem slow in some parts, but hang through to the end. All right, I might have to check that out yeah. this week. Uh, also, Jim Rosenfield from NBC10. <laughs> Kathy's family. <laughs> Jim is such, such a nice guy. This was uh, one of the first times I got to meet him and work with him. Uh, and he's a great guy, so I'm glad that, that he came out. But, yes, he did do a story mm-hmm. on my insane family. He said doing this story is what convinced him to leave journalism. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? A little bit about Jim is he did leave journalism, um, and he ended up getting a job offer here in Philadelphia and went back into um, anchoring and news reporting okay. uh, just to come to Philadelphia. He's yeah. very good. I, cool. I, I see him on air, and he's a solid anchor. Speaking of Kathy's family, her cousin, Daniel, was here. <laughs> with his restaurant, Meatball U. Yay! Uh, he and uh, 
Morgan are the owners of uh, Meatball U, which is at uh, 30 South High Street in Westchester. And by the way, Ka- Nick goes, how is he your cousin? And Kathy, <laughs> it's my mom's well, no. <laughs> sister's no. son, but then also somebody's married to somebody else who's blah, blah, blah. You said something. I'm like, I yeah. lost track of Yeah, what? so my mom's sister is married to my dad's uncle, and those are Dan's parents. What? <laughs> my mom's sister is married to my dad's uncle. Yeah. I, I it's okay. You don't have to try okay, to understand it. I'm not going it. to. Don't. Kathy's family. But they're also cousins because he is her aunt's son. Right, so, yes. So, our so our mothers like are sisters. Cousins, yeah. our, our mothers right. are sisters. Super yeah. cousins. Uh, so thank you uh, to, uh, by the way, their website is meatballu.com, which is all good. So thank you. And uh, Pierre Robert is here. Hey, man. Good day. How you doing? It's uh, um, fine. It's a fine. That's <laughs> it a, it's um, fine, and it's good to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you kind of fool me. There's no sanity clause. Uh, Did you play Rupert Holmes yesterday? No. Okay. Um, but I am going to play it. Um, what? I, so I thought, well, it'd be fun to play on vinyl. You found and, it? Well, I, we don't have it on vinyl. But then, of course, Jackie Bam Bam, he, God, <laughs> why he doesn't go to bed? I mean, he's done by I know. midnight. Yeah, I know. He, he stays, stays up, up all night long. And he, in, to him, it's important that he hears this crossover <laughs> uh, and then that's his beginning of going to bed, and he still has to be back here at seven o'clock. So yeah, I, he he texts in at six a.m. to us all right. the time, mm-hmm. all the time. I I don't quite un, well. I, there's many things I don't understand yeah. about him, yeah. and I and I love him uh, dearly. So they they all melt aside. Yeah. But, do you know? Do you know? I think just on a side note here, maybe it's a, a charge to some. Uh, um, Industrious listener, listener to do a a more metal version of the Pina Colada song that would be palpable for you to play. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, we uh, should have local bands do it. Uh, yeah, contest. a metal version for Pierre yeah, to I finally like get you that version of the Pina Colada song you would like. Yeah, I like it. And, and in that case, maybe they don't get back together. Uh, uh, yeah, we no. just want you to love the song. I don't believe that that will be happening. <laughs> However. However, yes, yes. in uh, in a, a great bow to my uh, uh, willingness to be flexible, uh, I uh, am going to play it tomorrow. Ah. Because Jackie texted me about 11 or 12 with the single, the 45, no way. that his father, Papa <laughs> Bam Bam, has wow. in what must be the most enviable collection of 45s under the sun. Can someone look at Bill Weston's expression on his face right now? Bill does not... <laughs> Look entertained. Well, no, 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 Bill. Don't worry all. about it because he also has on vinyl his follow-up hit of him. him who you're going to do a him, double him. shot. Oh my god! What a horrible song. Right? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, see if I did it today because then I, I I I announced that I would do that, and then Jackie texted me and said, "Well, we could I could give you another single. He has another hit," and I said, "One is enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one is enough, um, and maybe even too much." <laughs> Is this Rupert Holmes? Yeah. yeah. That's his follow-up hit to the Pina Colada song, Escape. Wow. Or do without me, me, me. No one gets to get Ah, the 1970s. Boy, boy. If you like me. I can smell the double-knit burning. <laughs> double-knit pants. Um... And they have a, he did have a beautiful song called Annabelle, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I would, I could have done actually a whole block if I had done it that way. But uh, so tomorrow on vinyl, we will play it. 
Jackie just texted me yeah. a picture of it. Me too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Side A is uh, Escape the Pina Colada song. I don't know what side B is, though. Uh, right. Don't worry. You'll, you'll be getting it. There you go. Yeah. I got it yesterday. When does oh that guy God. sleep? I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Jackie in, in his inner workings. But yeah. um, Oh, but we get we had the greatest fun because he chews <laughs> pens. Yes. Um, and so I, I said to Pancake, I wonder if there are adult chew toys. And Pancake <laughs> went and looked and F if there are not adult oh. chew toys. So I ordered four of them. And we just gave them to him and presented them to him, Brent Portion, myself, on video. And they come on a uh, on a necklace. One of them's a bat. <laughs> so you can actually put the necklace around you. Like an Aussie bat? Yeah. Wow. And, and, and chew. So uh, we That's just gave perfect. Them, it is. What you, I mean, you should see that pens. I mean, it's not like like a mild chewing. No, you know? yeah, it's voracious. It's it's like it's like an attack on these pens. Uh, but there are adult chew toys. And um, so we got a couple for Jackie. Outstanding. And so uh, we have to give the video to Nick and have him, uh, Nick Murphy, and have him edit it. But we'll have that up soon. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to need the letter of the day from you. You ready? Uh, yeah. All right. (laughs) Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the... One second. Oh, he's got to run outside. Hold on. (laughs) For God. He's got it. Back on doing his little shuffle there. step back to the other side of the studio. P is in Pierre. There you go. I love it. All right, we got a P. That's the letter. <laughs> we got a P. We got a P. Lucas <laughs> <laughs> said he had a P. Three night, three day drive and stay mini vacation for four to Smuggler's Notch in Vermont from uh, Hyundai City's what we're giving away. And Hyundai City's President's Day savings are in their final days. Uh, so come celebrate the red, white, and blue by saving a whole lot of green. Only at South Jersey's favorite Hyundai dealer, HyundaiCity.com. So give that away on Friday. What's coming up on the show today? We've got uh, tickets for Roger Waters, that second show you guys are talking about, uh, coming uh, to the big joint. Uh, that'll be the July 11th. <laughs> I thought you were going to sing. <laughs> I was going to, but no. It was uh, July 10th is the first one, and they've added a second one. So that'll go on sale Friday at 10. I got tickets for that. Exciting. I have workforce blocks of George Harrison, who would have been 77 today, uh, Blues Traveler, and Rush. Ooh. Uh, yay. You heard about the uh, the the shows actually on the day of, of our barbecue. Um. Oh, the uh, the, the tribute. tribute? Show, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Neil on uh, May sixteenth. Yeah, correct. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, up in Canada somewhere. But um, we will do a block of rush. Cool. Excellent. Thank cool. you, Pierre. Uh, that is going to mean we have our sponsor to thank. Uh, thank you so much to Acme Fresh Foods, local flavors, the official supermarket of the President Steve Show. And uh, tomorrow's program will feature. Suzanne Summers. Wow. Suzanne Summers. That is correct. On the Pajon? On the Pajon. Uh, we'll go on Fox Good Day, and I'm sure we'll have some good stuff to give away and talk about tomorrow. That's it. We're done. Rage on, and have a great day. We'll see you later, gang. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. Hey, ladies. Perfume does not cover up the stench of cigarettes. Just say Next message. Ozzy Osbourne farting. And the corn song with the fart at the end. I'm losing my mind. I lost it the first time. I'm so glad it's on the best of. I say it goes on every best of day. Love you guys. Next message. I live by three very simple rules. Don't mess with my kids. 
Don't mess with my dog and don't mess with my Philly fanatic. It's nothing f- sacred. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less. This is Norris Howard from Checkpoint XP on Campus, your number one resource for college esports in the world beyond. Whether it's finding out who Maryville stomps out next in League of Legends or whoever the top school is in college Call of Duty, we have the rundown for you. Get the Checkpoint XP on Campus podcast at bpodstudios.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.